And now, introducing the man who's already begun printing promotional materials for Matt Harvey's Cy Young campaign as he insists the role of a starting pitcher is different nowadays and then you can, quote, get through at least four and two-thirds while allowing fewer than four runs, you've got yourself a stew, baby, unquote. When asked about the first thing he intends to do after becoming fully vaccinated, he paused for a second before staring off into the distance and wondering aloud, quote, can only hope the movie theater will still let me run around naked during the midnight showings of Tyler Perry movies, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. Very busy day on tap. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, Ryan Odom is going to join us. He, of course, formerly the uh, head coach at UMBC. He has departed. He has taken on a new gig as the head coach out at Utah State. He's going to tell us about that and um, the difficulty of making that decision, he joins us here in just a couple of minutes. Later on this hour, Patrick Stevens joins us, as he does every Wednesday. Some more movement for Maryland's basketball roster, as one going, one coming yesterday. Jarris Hamilton transferring away, we assume. Um, and Ian Martinez from Utah transferring in. We'll talk about those moves uh, the week that was in college lacrosse and more with Patrick Stevens. Drew Forrester will check in later on in the show. We're hoping to maybe catch up with an old friend as well to, while Drew's with us. We'll see, because uh, I would like to talk um, a little more uh, of the, uh, I mean, the, the Super League story is going to go down as one of the most unbelievable stories. It, and it won't, it won't ring the same way here, but it's one of the most unbelievable stories in the history of sports. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Well, it'll be a 30 for 30 about it. it it's, like, and it's a 30 for 30 contained in 48 hours. In 48 well, hours. Well, no, I'm sure the, it's, the story begins it. in like 2006 very aware. or whatever. I'm you very know, aware. Like, but from the time, I get it, right. it's unbelievable. Publicly, yes. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later on. And also this morning, we're going to catch up with Richard Blyer, one of our favorites, former Orioles uh, reliever, now with the Marlins. He got into last night's game. We'll talk to Richard Blyer before the teams play again this afternoon. So that's all coming up on the program today. Quickly, before we get to Ryan Odom, it is Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Glory Days Grill. We're rooting for there to be about 2,500 more. They've got a great menu for the anniversary, a silver anniversary New York strip steak, smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, Ooh, the silver anniversary turtle cheese t- cheese cake. Although again, I wouldn't be opposed to a, a turtle cheese steak I either. I gotta to know leave more. Going to international right. waters for that. Gotta know more about that. Uh, no, you don't. You can go get turtle soup in New Orleans. What are you talking about? I think there's still laws. Turtle, no, there are not. Turtle meat is is very common. Maybe not sea what, turtle. I, you're getting really specific. It's now. allegedly the most oh. delicious meat. Oh, in the world. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's all available at your neighborhood, Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com to find out more. And again, you can win a $25 gift card today just by participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. The scenarios, so you're thinking about them. Number one, would you rather the Ravens trade Orlando Brown Jr. and the 27th pick to move up into the top 10 and select Jalen Waddle or other player of your choice that might be available, but I'm just going to tell you now, it's not going to be. It's not going. Yeah, it could be Mac Jones. <laughs> it's not going to be Kyle Pitts. It's not going to be Jamar Chase. It's probably not going to be Devontae Smith. I'm going to guess. Not. Probably, I'm going to guess yeah. those guys are all going to be gone. Penny Sewell are going to be gone as well. So it's you're not getting one of those. Uh, sue me, huh? Thank you. Or they stand pat, take Terrace Marshall at 27, and then trade Brown for an early second round pick. 
and get maybe Boogie Basham or another edge of your choice, all right? Again, not going to be Aziz Ojolari, so I say of your choice, but there are still rules. There are limits to this. Number two for Would You Rather Wednesday, uh, glorious day yesterday. Apple has announced the new season of Ted Lasso. Yeah, I'm we'll begin. We'll to. begin in July. Now, would you rather they delay it two months so that they can rework the season in order to include the life and death of the Super League in this season of Ted Lasso? The best tweet I read all week is that the next season of Ted Lasso would just be him calmly explaining why the Super League shouldn't exist, and he would say, "You guys don't need a league to know that you're super." You're super inside your hearts. It was my favorite tweet of the entire week. Um, they rework it, release it two months later in order to involve the Super League, or no, I cannot wait one more day for a new season of Ted Lasso. And number three, would you rather, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, to try to end tanking Major League Baseball, divorces all the AAA teams, makes them independent, and then brings back all of the teams they let go, they cut loose a year ago, so that they keep the minor league structure intact. And then they introduce relegation to baseball moving forward. Or no, this is a problem that doesn't actually need, need solving. Those are your scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They're up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Get your responses in. Again, someone who participates at random is going to get hooked up with a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. When I was a kid, I went to a summer camp, and every time we would go, they would try to make sure that we were picking up after ourselves and cleaning up our messes, and there was this, this quote that they would like bang into our heads. They would say, we're going to leave the camp better than we found it. And our next guest arrived at UMBC a little more than five years ago, and he left that place better than he found it. It's a pleasure now to be joined uh, by the new head coach at Utah State and a man who brought UMBC to newer heights than we could have ever possibly imagined or greater heights than we could have imagined. He is Coach Ryan Odom, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's always great to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations on the new gig. Hey, thanks so much. Great to be back on, on with you guys. Hope you're well. Hey man, uh, and the same to you and to your family. I, I can only imagine how uh, exciting, but like nervous, a time and the other things that go into something like this are. I know you guys are are used to it, uh, but certainly doesn't make it easier. I, I guess, coach, let's get let's get the the stuff out of the way first, right? You've had, you know, I'm sure plenty of opportunities, and there have been plenty of offers and interest. Why now, and why this one? Why was Utah State the right one for you to make this jump? Yeah, I mean, you, you make a good point. I mean, it's it's never tough to transition. It's never tough to say goodbye. Um, you know, the people that you care about and love, and certainly the players and the people at UMBC, people in the greater Baltimore community, um, and certainly Annapolis, where where we lived, um, mean so much to us. And uh, it was a hard day, you know, to have to tell, uh, you know, my team and our team, um, you know, that that we were going to be moving on and. Um, you know, Utah State, you know, I'd always said if I ever left UMBC, it would be for a place that I felt was special and had a chance to do something do, do something special. Um, and Utah State has tradition. Um, you know, the more I looked into it and began to, you know, investigate, um, you know, kind of the opportunity out here. Uh, they've been to three straight NCAA tournaments. They're going to have two straight NBA picks. 
one's playing for the Bucks. Another one is going to get drafted this year. Mm-hmm. It was one of the you know runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year in the entire country. And they've got a, a rabid fan base. You know, it's packed every night. Um, one of the top five, you know, uh, atmospheres in all of college basketball. It's a tough place to play, the Spectrum. And, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like it was the right move at, the, at this particular time, you know, for me and my family and, and um, you know, for my career long term. You know, I think it's pretty clear that they're a place that really de- they care. That community truly cares about basketball, too, correct? Yeah, no question. I mean, the, the tradition is extremely strong here. Um, you know, I think they're, you know, this program since 2000 is one of about 20 in the country that's had 11 NCAA tournaments during that amount of time. And, you know, the other, the other teams are Gonzaga and Duke and Kentucky and teams like that. Um, you know, that have had that many NCAA tournaments in that short amount of time. So, you know, it, it truly is a special place. Um, it's had great coaches, great players over the years. You know, obviously when you grow up East and the East coast, you know, a lot of folks probably don't know as much about it. Um, but it really is, it really is unique. Um, you know, they, they call it cash Valley out here. It's, it's a beautiful country. Um, you know, you're right here in the middle of the mountains, and and uh, you're about an hour up the road from Salt Lake City, and and uh, and so there's a lot to do. You know, certainly here for for young people, and and um, you know, I'm just excited excited to be here. But I'll also, you know, I'll be a retriever for life. Ryan Odom is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio, Coach. You know, let me go to that for a second. Did you ever think to yourself there was a possibility that that maybe you were just going to end up being at UMBC? Was there ever a thought in your mind that, like, you know, this could be just where I am. My family's happy. We've been able to prove that we can win here, and it's a it's a good gig. Was there ever a thought, or did you always know, you know, hey, at some point there, there's got to be a next step in this journey? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm pretty – it's pretty well documented. I'm a man of faith, and, and you know, uh, I knew that, that God would lead me in the right direction where I needed to go, uh, quite honestly, um, and where our family needed to go. And, you know, decisions are tough, and that's one of the things that I talk to our players at UMBC about. You know, there's a, there's, you know, nothing is forever. And, you know, there's a, there's a beginning and, and an end to everything that we do in life. And, you know, some are for longer stints, some are for shorter stints, and um, you know, there's always decisions that you're going to have to make over the course of your life that are very can be very impactful, and sometimes they impact other people. and And certainly mine, you know, was was no different there. Um, you know, my decision to leave obviously impacts others, and uh, that's why it becomes so tough as you get older. <laughs> you know, if you, if you if all you had to worry about was yourself, then uh, you know, life would be pretty easy, but probably pretty boring at the same time. No, no so. doubt about that. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, Coach, you know, the let me go back. The, t- take me back to the day you got hired at UMBC. What was going through your mind then as far as plans? You know, how can, would you be willing to tell me how long you thought you'd be at UMBC, what you thought you could accomplish? Could you? Would you be willing to share any of that and what was going on in your mind the day that you got that job? Yeah, I think I think um, I, my plan was to be there long term. Um, you know, I think any coach that that takes over a new program, or you go into a new company or business or whatever it is, you're you're not immediately thinking about the end. Um, you know, you're thinking about what could be and what can become. 
um, and what it can become. And so for me, you know, I've always been taught, you know, to bloom where I'm planted, you know, and, and that's what we try to do with our players and uh, try to make, you know, the situation that we have uh, the best that it could possibly be. And, um, you know, sometimes you fall short and sometimes you have magical moments. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't ever really, you know, and I'm not, not thinking about the end here, you know, at Utah state, it's all about what can we do, sure. you know, um, each day. I mean, when you first take the job, <laughs> I mean, I had 450 and that's a, that's a guess. I mean, text messages, you know, from folks and, and, you know, emails and, and voicemails and Twitter, you know, everything that you can imagine, you know, when this happens and then, you know, you're leaving one, one place and you're going to a new place and, you know, you've got folks waiting on you. I mean, I had to tell my, my, my UMBC team at a certain time, call it two forty five, right, And and then at three fifteen, I had to get on a zoom with what has become my new team. And, and guys out here. And so that, you know, the, the wave, you know, of emotions there when you, when you transition, you know, the common fan doesn't really understand all that, you know, when, when there are changes like that. Either way, even if a coach is fired, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing no for doubt. players. No doubt. Coach, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm more thinking about, like, just, just how difficult the circumstance was when you took the UMBC gig, right? Like, it, I think a lot of people would look at the gig you're walking into today and saying, well, there's the expectation that you should succeed, whereas that did yeah. not exist at UMBC. There was not, there were no expectations. That I mean, I'm sure you had them because you believe in yourself, but from the outside, it was, it was, things were tough at that point. Um, can you, can you go through those? Like, did, did you know, did, were you more aware that something could happen than anybody else was at that point, or were you as as concerned? Like, you know, I'm glad to have the job, but boy, I I don't know. Look around; it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're always a little bit apprehensive anytime you take a new a new job. Um, you know, because there's always the possibility that it doesn't go the way that you you hope it will go. But you can't let that get you down. You can't let that, um, you know. Uh, you know, paralyze you, um, you've got to march forward. And so for me, I, I chose, you know, I'm a, I'm not a, you know, a glass, you know, half empty guy. Um, I'm the other way. And, you know, I chose to look at all the positives that UMBC had, you know, when I first went there, obviously tremendous leader and, and, and probably one of the best in, in, uh, yeah. you know, higher education in Freeman, Dr. Rabowski. Yep. And so you had this amazing, you know, and, and he'll be a mentor for life for me. Um, and so I had this amazing opportunity to get to know him and, and, and be impacted by him. And so that was number one. Number two, I was being hired by a guy that I had the utmost respect for. And I knew that, you know, was going to do a great job and give me the opportunity to be successful, uh, relative to what, you know, was, um, you know, doable at UMBC. Um, I understood that there were times where he was going to have to say no, but I knew that he was going to be in it with me, you know, to build it because it's not one coach. It's not one player. You know, it's a collaborative effort by everyone, you know, to try to have a successful program. And, you know, the stars were beginning to align there for us at UMBC, um, AD coach, president, and then obviously beyond that, Greg Simmons would be another one. Nancy Young, obviously, you know, who was in charge of athletics when I first took over, um, they made me feel comfortable. 
and then you talk about you know the recruiting footprint there at, at in 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 the greater Baltimore slash you know the DMV area, and and even outside of that, you know people are crazy for basketball. There's a ton of talent around there, and it was just about you know it was a matter of us tapping into it, and then you had a brand new arena going up. And, and so that spoke to the investment, you know, that the school was, was willing to make, you know, in order to, to try to make it, you know, become a competitive program within, you know, the America East. And, and then it was our job to just get in there and, you know, try to make the pieces fit and recruit well and, and, and get quality individuals that, you know, would represent the university the right way and, and, uh, and also be really, really competitive and, and try to go for it and try to win. And, and I think we did that, you know, I think, you know, the, one of the most, the, the biggest things that I'm proud of, certainly the wins and the championships and all that, but, you know, all the guys that have graduated over the years and gone on to do, to do great things, you know, in a very short amount of time. And, um, you know, really proud of, of, you know, the, the, the overall program, because it, it is a program now yeah. and it's a program that, that folks are proud of. It doesn't hurt to be able to keep a Jarris Lyles around either. That didn't uh, that didn't hurt in laying the foundation. <laughs> yeah. um, Coach Ryan Odom is with us. Coach, did you have a conversation with Jim Ferry at all? Like as as he was making his decision, I, I know you're busy. I don't know if that was even something that came up. Did you get that opportunity? Not not prior to him being hired, um, but he and I definitely have spoken. Okay. And uh, you know, I'm, I've got the utmost respect for him and. He's obviously won a ton of games in his career and coached at other places, you know, other than, than Duquesne and Penn State. And, uh, you know, I know he's going to do a great job there, uh, he and his staff, and, uh, you know, of, of, of building it and continuing to build it and, and you know, competing in a, in a really tough conference, you know, because, you know, Vermont's really good every year. You know, Albany's excellent. You know, you've got Stony Brook and, and Hartford obviously represented us well in the NCAA tournament this past year. You know, there's there's a lot of teams you know that that are extremely competitive. UMass Lowell, you know that obviously they ended our season, um, so it's a uh, it's a tougher league you know than than when we first you know went there to UMBC for sure. All right, let's go rapid fire, Coach Ryan Odom, wrapping up with him here in GCR. Uh, one, the everybody's going to think of obviously the Virginia game and 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 playing Kansas State, but give me a moment outside of that that was so significant to you and, and even Jarris's shot against Vermont. Give me a moment besides the ones that everybody knows that, that, that meant a lot to you and you'll carry with you for the rest of your life from your time at UNBC. Uh, I would say one, you know, the, the probably that sticks out the most was this past year. Um, you know, when we were, we lost the first game to Vermont and I blame myself for that game, not the, not the players, you know, just, just because of the, the strategy, <laughs> the ball screen defense was not our typical ball screen defense, and I, I changed it for that game. Not to say that we would have won, um, because we were right there. But um, that next game, you know, there was a little bit of pressure there. We had to win that game in order to have a you know share of the title. And when we first went to you know took the job at UMBC, we wanted to compete for championships. And whether it's a tournament championship or a regular season championship. You know, that's what we wanted to go for. And, you know, to see those guys in that locker room, you know, and the majority of the guys had, hadn't played on that championship team, you know, aside from Dan and, and Brandon, yep. that was it, yep. right? Everybody else, you know, they, they had all they had just they'd heard about, 
you know, the NCAA tournament and what that what that meant and what we were trying to get to. And, uh, you know, to see Dimitrie Spazievich tearing up, you know, when I, I brought them into the locker room and showed them our wall that says champions always answer and uh, talked about, you know, what they had accomplished. You know, in a lot of ways, it's harder to win a regular season than it is to, to have three days in March to win it. And, um, you know, you have to be more consistent. And, you know, this, this past year's team was extremely consistent in so many ways. Um, you know, you, obviously you have to be consistent with practice and your habits and, and the games in, in terms of winning on the road, um, two games in a row, which was unique. Um, but you also had to be consistent with your behaviors off the court, you know, from a COVID perspective. Yep. And so, you know, watching their reaction, you know, you know, to winning that championship and, and, uh, my only regret is that we didn't cut down the nets. We probably should have done that. That was a mistake by me. Um, but, you know those guys are getting rings, so it's it's, uh, well, it's sort of like the it's like the hockey thing, right? Where when you win your conference, you're not supposed to pick up the trophy, right? Because you're supposed to be like, hey, we yeah. got a bigger trophy we're playing for. There's no correct answer yeah. here. There's no correct answer to these things. Um, the the idea of six fouls in college basketball that's being uh, batted around right now. What do you think about that proposal? I'm good with five. Okay. You know. I'm good with five. I mean, I played KJ Morrow with four in the second half of the championship <laughs> game, and, and he got through it. So, I mean, I, you know, but well, I'm I'm fine either way. Five is my choice, but whatever they decide. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. We're going to put you on the spot uh, now. We've got Kevin's book, so we've got the blueprint for the movie now. Um, who's <laughs> who's playing you? They come to you. They say it's your choice. You get to pick. Oh my God. Who plays you in the movie? <laughs> who are you choosing, Ryan Odom? Well, it, it 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 wouldn't make sense, but I like McConaughey. You know? I mean, he, he wouldn't be me. I but mean, I like him. He, I I think he could do it. Like, come on, he could definitely man. do it. He I could mean, do it for sure. He could do it. And that would just be you, so you could get a chance to meet him more or less. Yeah, right. Like you can hang out at the premiere yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, you can go that route. Um, uh, I always have to ask how Connor's doing and, and what's the plan? Is he going to be coming with you guys out west? We don't know yet. Yeah, we're not sure quite yet. Um, you know, he's finishing up at Flagler at this point and uh, doing well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it shakes out. But right. um, we are pretty far away. We're out, we're out in the west. We're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That Three is hours behind you guys. <laughs> right. It's, it's not exactly the same. There's no question about that. Um, and then the other, the most important question is, can we still check in on you every now and then? Can we still give you yeah, a buzz, see how things are going? We have, uh, I can't tell you how much we've enjoyed our conversations over the years. You've been so good to us uh, at all times. Uh, when, when it was, when it was a struggle, when you got here through the highest of highs and that's meant a lot. I can't tell you, uh, how proud we are of everything y'all accomplished and, um, we are going to miss you a lot. But we're really thankful for uh, what you did for UMBC, and uh, and it, it'll never be forgotten how significant that turn was. Coach Ryan Odom, it means the world. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us this morning, and we look forward to having this conversation with you as you're, you're getting ready for the NCAA tournament next season. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate you guys and uh, always always supporting us and uh, you know checking in on the retrievers. So. Like I said, we'll be retrievers for life, and uh, you know we'll always be pulling for for the dogs. Love that. Thank you, Coach. Coach Ryan Odom um, on his way to Utah State, and you know, look, we knew, right? We always knew that at some point 
somebody was going to wise up and hire Ryan Odom. We knew that was going to be the case. It's going to be it's going to be awkward watching him because you just know he's going to succeed. Yeah, well, now we're it? Utah State fans also. Well, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, it's easy to be. I mean, right. it's not like we we root for. Had no reason not to. At correct. This point, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we're going to be bothered by them beating. The story starts Colorado now State. for us with Utah right. State. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna be the, uh, it's it's sort of like how to become a Padres fan. You know, like dude, I love the Padres. <laughs> love them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. We're happy for him, happy for his family and, and got a funny feeling there's going to be another chapter to that story at some point. Um, you know, he's not, he's not there. He's not talking about that. He's not thinking about that. Of course not. He's got to think about the job he's got in front of him. But, um, I think we're all assuming there's going to be even one more job ahead of him at some point. All right, it is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Response is already starting to come in. We'll get to that in a minute. Patrick Stevens before the hour's over. Um, I do – the Orioles won last night. Yay. I mean, I I don't really have a lot to say. Matt Harvey got through it, and so – He's been he, – to say that he's been better than expected is more of a statement about how little we expected. Yes. It's not really saying anything, but – Sure, you know what I mean. Sure, he's been—he has not been an utter disaster, right. and he deserves to take the ball every fifth day to take to eat some innings. Yeah, and probably somebody that you could get a bag of balls for if he could continue. If he continues to pitch like this, yeah. someone would likely—and not not something that's real, you know, like flyer not, of an eight ball, right? Relief somebody, but first of all, he's got to continue to pitch course. like this and, and health, all that, right? Is. Um, but if he were to, this would be good enough for you to be able to get something, something again, not, um, don't, don't oversell that. Don't convince yourself that, that it ends up becoming a, a steal, but to get something, I'll um, take Davey Garcia. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That would be great. We'll do that, I don't think it's going to work out, we'll but sure. We'll go with that. He could go back to New York. Um, right? yes, yes. There. <laughs> That would be an option. <laughs> that could be on the table. We'll see how it plays out. I feel like there was something else that I wanted to comment on, but eh, forget it. Let's just come back in and do Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Shall we? Sure. Cool. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll come back in, play Would You Rather. Patrick Stevens, it's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 970 
3797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit DEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. And yes, we are going to be at Looney's Pub Perry Hall next Thursday night for night one of Project Game Day, the draft special. Myself, Ken Zalis, Jeremy Kahn at Looney's Pub Perry Hall with Great Eights memorabilia for a Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland draft party featuring Baltimore running back Gus the Bus Edwards. Gus is going to be there 7 to 10. That's the official time for the party. Of course, the show will go as long as the first round is going on at Looney's Pub Perry Hall, free event for the whole family that will be filled with raffles, a mini silent auction, and food and drink specials all night long. That's next Thursday, the 29th, Looney's Pub Perry Hall. Meet and greet with Gus includes an autograph and a photo for only $45. And you say, wow, I don't really know if the money, the $45 is so we can raise money from Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. Understand that. And we're doing you a solid. If you want to come out 
get your autograph and picture with Gus Edwards. We're going to knock 8 bucks off the cost. You can save $8 by using the code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N, G-L-E-N-N, all caps, when you purchase your tickets through Mission Ticks or at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number 8, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Got all that? Understand all that? Do they, do they teach you math around here? Got it? Next Thursday night, night one of Project Game Day, live from Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, with myself, KZ, and Jeremy Kahn, and also Great Eights memorabilia there with Gus Edwards for you to come out and meet the Baltimore running back. Save set $8 on your meet and greet by using that code GLEN in all caps, and the money goes to Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. And we will also be doing um, a live show during night two of the draft. It'll be myself, KZ, and Kyle from right here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. So we're looking forward to that as well on the 30th. So the 29th at Looney's Pub Perry Hall, the 30th right here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio for our Project Game Day draft special. All right, Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by I've decided Gloria's I'm making Grill. wings for the draft night. Glenn. You're making wings? Yeah, but I mean, I've, I've graduated now. Right? Oh, you don't, you don't want? I could order them, sure, but sure. I could spend... Eight bucks You're for gonna, twenty wings. All right, all right. If you want to, hey man, I'm not telling you. No. And you don't enjoy having something going in the oven and being like just I try, popping I, in, I, I, popping I in with you. the oven light I on, and just I, I getting into a catcher stance. I'm actually got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit disappointed about the timing of everything because um, our buddy Simon is doing his pizza pop up uh, next yeah. Thursday, which is not a great day. And for you. I'm I've ordered, of course, if you didn't hear, our pal Simon Habdemarium, right. the Baltimore Pizza Company has introduced a new pizza called the Glen. Which I would which imagine is, he would need to like come in studio with one to promote his event. Text him. Text him. <laughs> text him. See if that's a good it is a good idea. <laughs> it's a really good idea. I will do that. But I I ordered not only did I order a Glen, which as I've said before, this is the honor of my life. This is the greatest honor I'll ever have is Simon naming a pizza after me. And it's it's exactly what you think my pizza would be. It's 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 Simon and I made it. In fact, we brought it in studio once upon a time. Um, we uh, it is it's cauliflower crust with uh, garlic and dill pickles, and it's perfect. It's just a perfect pizza. And so he's put that on his menu, and he calls it the Glen, which makes it's just such an honor. But my buddy Jesse has been raving about another pizza that Simon makes called the Baltimore White, which is like a crab meat and yeah, white like, sauce. That's his original one, that's, right? That's like his that's go-to. His go-to right? Yeah. So I ordered a cauliflower version of that one too. Sure. Right. Sure. The problem is you have I, stuff you got to do. So I'm gonna have to go pick up pizzas in the afternoon, and I guess like You're a task rabbit. Save them for the next day. I'm terrified. People, apps I'm can, really uh, worried that my my kids are going to just eat all of my pizza. There are apps for you to hire somebody. I understand. I understand that, but Your they still have to be stored drive, right? somewhere. Yeah, he's good. They still have to be stored somewhere. And the problem is, they go to my house. I I think my kids are going to devour them. Oh, yeah. And I will never get the opportunity Correct. to try these pizzas. So what, I what, what real... do they What do they hate? Like what do they What won't they touch? The six-year-old will not eat the pickle pizza. Okay, but what in general do you know if you said this is on the pizza? They right. No, I understand your it. argument. The three-year-old, not much of anything. <laughs> not <laughs> much of anything at all. I, he doesn't know what they are, so he would just go for That's it. True. Like That's kind of how I was, I think. Like, he just doesn't care. <laughs> He's, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm eating it. The six-year-old, I could tell him that a strawberry came within five feet of the pizza, and he would say, ah! No, a strawberry. He's a psychopath, man. He doesn't like any fruit or vegetable. 
he's because he's got it in his head. It's Has not he like, ever had like strawberry me, shortcake? Kyle, Kyle, don't try to make. He eats fruit by the foot constantly. Okay, but let's he not. He loves first the of all, flavors, of, but he loves the flavor of fruit. If it looks like a fruit, he's out. So what if it's a fruit snack shaped like a fruit? He'd be out 100. percent if, if it was a you mean fruit. like the sunkissed little guys? Yeah, if they actually look like a fruit. If they're they're they meant you, to depict a fruit. He's out, man. Anyway, that is absurd. Anyway, we're, we're spending too much time. I'm bad. I want to get into Would You Rather Wednesday. Um. Anyway, that's next Thursday that he's doing the pizza pop up. But I've got draft coverage. It's what it is. We're gonna have to figure out how all that works. I need my pizza. But yes, suggest that he should come by to promote. Although I think I think he's sold out. <laughs> I think he already sold out well, of everything for his pizza pop up. Can't get more followers. Right? Sure, sure, it can't hurt. All right, and would, we can't get pizza. You know, that's right? right. Would you rather Wednesday? Brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Somebody's getting a twenty-five dollar gift card to Glory Days Grill. All you got to do is participate at random. Here we go. By the way, I think I heard, saw yesterday that uh, Glory Days is going to try to hook up John from Little Rock with some smoky thigh wings. That's beautiful. I think they're going to try to do something. That's like for an him American somehow. love story. Right it's there. unbelievable, isn't it? What? It, what? what this are, is like we're matchmakers. They're the best, you know, man. they're the best. All right, uh, numero uno. Would you rather the Ravens use Orlando Brown as trade bait to move up into the top ten? They trade him and their 27th pick to move up into the edge of the top ten and take, yeah, not Cal Pitts, unfortunately, Jalen Waddle or another potential name, not, not, not Pitts, not Jamar Chase, not Devontae Smith. Not Sewell. We're assuming those guys with the three quarterbacks are all going in the, the first But nine. anybody else is in play? Anybody else would be in play. Anybody else. Yeah. I mean, right. who, who else? Were, okay. Who do you think you're cheating your way into getting? It's okay. I don't know who you're talking about. Um, or, or they stand pat at 27 and then use Brown to get an early second round pick. They take Terrace Marshall at 27, and then they take an edge rusher I'll say Boogie Basham, but you can insert another reasonable name there. Oh, well. Early, sure, early in the second round. Jason Oway. We had him on the show, literally. Okay. I would rather personally trade up. Okay. <clears throat> and I am somewhat influenced by what is – it's just I don't, I don't know how I feel about Terrace Marshall fully. As far as being the solution, I hear you. He feels a lot, a lot similar in the sort of the Perryman. Look at the measurables. He's projectable, but then when you really get down to it, he's just he's just not necessarily the most natural pass catcher, right? Like that's not what he does best. As far as just snagging the ball, his hands aren't the okay, most. All right. I mean, I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. So ultimately, what I would say is, I'll you just, just really don't up. want Terrace Marshall, is what you're saying. If you were to say Bateman, I would say well, yes, I'll hold. But th- th- right? I like, think everybody would. That's yeah. why I couldn't make it Bateman. I don't know if there's another guy, a receiver in particular. Like I'm not crazy about Tony. I think he's sort of like a Percy not, Harvin yeah. type. And again, the Ravens don't always lend me the most as far as confidence is concerned in developing these guys. Or utilizing them. I hear you. So all of that plays into this. So I'll take the 10th pick and give me Micah Parsons, right? Like, give me a guy who is can settle the edge debate for you, right? Like, he can do that. He can do everything. We think, yes. Right. So I'll take that guy and deal with receiver in round two. Okay. All right. I mean, you do still get to keep your second round pick at that point. 
responses from Lou. Trade Orlando Brown and move up to grab Jalen Waddle. I can't stand Pat in the NFL. Jalen Waddle, I don't know what to think about. I, I really don't. Means. Somebody uh, smarter than me and people who evaluate players definitely do. So like, I mean, he's definitely not big. We know he's that. He's like much. a Tyree Kill type, right? Like, what yeah. They, they, at best, that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, which. And I know. understand, right? Like, you, you part of you this solve is, that problem, but at the Ravens. I don't know how much ingenuity they want to deploy in the passing game. That's a, I understand the question. I understand that. From Caleb, in this scenario, I'd take Marshall, then the edge, and then I'd make sure I get my O-lineman with the second-round pick. Uh, Paul from Ovilando, option two, please. Basham seems like the Ravens' Wink Martindale type of player, and Marshall adds a new dynamic to the wide receiver core. From Nick Kelly, I'm going for the top ten pick. More likely to get a true impact player at that level. From Chris. Chris says, I guess I'd stand pat and take the extra pick. I'm not in love with Waddle as being the answer for the Ravens. I would, he's doing the bit that you are. I'd prefer if it was Bateman. Yeah, I mean, again, that's the reason why I didn't make it Bateman. If I had put Bateman, I don't think that anybody would have. Everyone's eating wings. Correct. We're all going to Bateman. It's 1,000%. That's the route we're going. There is still one of those, isn't there? Yeah, I think Jeremy was talking about it. I'd rather be at Glory Days myself. No offense. Of course. I'd rather be at Glory Days. Um, no, they don't have smoky thigh wings. Not, that's nobody else does. <laughs> it's, it's one of a one of a kind. From uh, Tim. Tim says, uh, "Glenn, while I don't like these, th- Tim, I get it. That's the Jesus Christ. While I don't like these exact scenarios, I think between the two, I would rather see the Ravens be aggressive. I think if there's be, one be aggressive, aggressive yeah, you know. be, I think if there's one thing that we can complain about, it's that with this prolonged window, we've never seen them truly attempt to go all in and capitalize and say, now is our time to win a Super Bowl. With Lamar's contract coming up, I'd rather go get special than I would sit back and hope something falls to you. I mean, that sounds a little esoteric, you know what I mean? It sounds a little bit like the I just the the, the guarantee fairy. Like I I just want to feel better at night and I want to feel like the Ravens have done something. But I I get the concept of what he's saying. I get the theory is it's the idea that there are only a handful of guys in every draft that are, you know, only come around once in a while, quote unquote. That's correct. Sort of, you know, proverbial. But sometimes those guys are the guys of that course, go twenty seven. Sometimes those are the guys that go But the surefire can't miss, quote unquote, all those stuff being, you know, superlatives that don't necessarily mean anything. But right. those guys are the ones that often go in the top ten. Right. Like I don't know how people are talking about Sewell falling anything lower than like the Bengals would be silly. I mean the Bengals would be insane. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 that scar and that picture yeah, they put know, up right? of Joe Burrow the other day yeah, is, it should be grotesque. evident. Like, they could present that in court if yeah. the Bengals don't take Sewell, right? Like, Joe Burrow should literally go to court. You'd and think they say, might have been like, maybe wear a sock. Yeah, anything. So that's not so Front pronounced. And exactly right. And uh, from Dave, Dave says, uh, Glenn, I'd be okay with Terrace Marshall and an edge rusher. I don't know a lot about Basham. But I think any of that group of guys that might fall into early in the second round could be helpful for this team. I just don't think they should trade so much to rely on one player. I mean, I I don't know how much it is, right? Like if we assume that Orlando Brown is getting dealt at some point, we're I I don't I don't know how much that really is that we're talking about trading in order to to, to say you're relying on one particular player. Uh, continue get me your responses for that, and we'll get to the other two scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. As the morning goes along, again, they're up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio are the places where you can find your Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios brought to you by Glory Days Grill. 
Today's show, also brought to you by Window Nation, Act Now, Beat the Rush. Window Nation's got a great offer for you. They'll give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months, 866-90NATION, or visit windownation.com in order to find out more. you got to remember to turn your mic off when you uh, you make these calls. It's, uh, I think you left your mic on there. I did, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, that wasn't so good. It's going to start raining later, though. It is? Around 1, apparently. Oh, I don't care for that whatsoever. Joining us now, I do care for this man. Uh, joining us now, of course, our college sports guru. You follow him on Twitter, at Discourse, D1S Course. He's our pal Patrick Stevens, and he's with us now, as he is every week here on GCR. What's going on, sir? How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm all right. Some more uh, comings and goings in the Maryland basketball roster to discuss. I don't think it's overly significant that they lose Jarris Hamilton, but you know, trying to put all these pieces together is 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 going to be a very difficult thing. And clearly, they got to keep trying to add players because they just don't know what the answer is going to be on a couple of these guys. Yeah, I mean, when you when you factor in Morcel and Ayala and Wiggins, but. There's probably going to be a need to keep tabs on players deep into the summer at this point. So, uh, you know, like you say, Jarris Hamilton plays one year at Maryland after having played two at Boston College. Uh, they bring in the kid Martinez from Utah, uh, who, was, who was a solid reserve for them and actually played really well in the Pac-12 tournament game that they played. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I suspect that, uh, you know, he'll be a, a – a rotational piece, probably not a star by any stretch of the imagination next season. Uh, and I think with Jarris Hamilton, I think we kind of knew what they had uh, in him. I, I'm not sure he was as good even going back to when he was first recruited as, as even Boston College thought he was going to be. But he had his useful moments this season for Maryland, and, and they certainly couldn't have uh, made it to the NCAA tournament without him being able to provide some sort of bench minutes since they only had so many options uh, in reserve this season. So uh, a single season for him in College Park. Uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly where he resurfaces. Uh, and, and like I said, Martinez is a guy who, who figures to, to find a place in that rotation one way or the other. Might be somebody that they lean on heavily, depending on those Ayala, Morcel, and Wiggins decisions. What do you make of- I, I, do you make anything at all of Cholmario ending up at Oregon State, a place where that's a good that's a good team coming off a, a good run? It, like, it, is there some world in which there there is more there than what we saw at Maryland? I I, I really struggle with that. Yeah, I, you know, you feel bad for the guy first off, just sure. with with everything that he went through, with all the injuries, basically losing a couple of years of development, uh, and, and Maryland just wasn't in a position the last season and a half to dole out minutes to him. Uh, and, and frankly, if, if you, we could sit here and, and talk about how the Big Ten was exposed in the postseason and all this other stuff, and there's a lot of validity to that. But if you were a big man who needed some development time uh, and needed to find a way to steal some minutes, that was not the league to be doing it in this past season. Uh, so, you know, you, you feel for him, he's seven foot plus. So I think that's sort of why an Oregon State might, might take uh, a chance, go ahead yeah. and, and take the lottery ticket and see what happens. I mean, it's really not that much different than, than the situation Maryland had with him a couple years ago uh, when they first signed him. It's like, well, he hasn't played a couple years. Uh, maybe he can be useful. And if not, you know, I don't think anybody in College Park has a bad word to say about the guy. 
uh, was a good teammate and all that. And if if the worst thing that you get is 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 a practice player who's seven foot tall and, and can at least approximate uh, you know a, a high end big guy at least in terms of size anyway, it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I don't think it's a huge risk for Oregon State. He is Patrick Stevens. Let's uh, let's transition to lacrosse as this this stat that you shared on Twitter is one of the most staggering stats that we could possibly see in that there are 11 teams, the five teams in the ACC, the top two teams in the Big East, the top two in the Big Ten, and the top two in the Patriot League that are a combined 70-0 and against all other teams in college lacrosse. Is that – I say it's staggering – would you say back to me, hey, you know, we could come up with some variation of this almost any year, or is it as staggering as I think it is? Uh, you know, I, I think that usually you have a couple random losses that get plugged in there, and some of this really is a function of limited non-conference. Play. Sure. You know, like I mean, if you had had if you had had Penn State playing some ACC schools, or if you had had uh, Denver playing a you know a couple more Big East teams, Villanova would have been a classic regular spoiler in there. They usually pick somebody off, right? You're missing the Ivy League teams like like Yale and Cornell and Penn. So usually that group is probably a little bit bigger than what we just described with those 11 teams. Uh, and some of this is a function of, well, which teams cleaned up on the, the fifth-year senior market, right? It, it was the ACC schools and Denver and, and, and Maryland and Rutgers, basically, right? And Lehigh has a fair number of fifth-year guys on its roster, too. About the, about the only team in that group that doesn't have fifth-year guys is Army, uh, which is just a credit to the job that Joe Alberici has done with the Black Knights this season. Uh, but it is kind of a closed circuit there, you know. There's a lot of closed circuits going on in the sport. Basically, the Big Ten itself is a closed circuit. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I look at that, and I, I, I frankly think that as long as, uh, as, as, long as, as Syracuse – um, as long as Syracuse can win one of its last couple games, then and and there's no surprise in the Big Ten, Big East, or Patriot League terms. I, I think we have a pretty good idea what the tournament field is already. Now, there's obviously all those things that I just mentioned that right. could go wrong. Right. Um. But but at this point in the season, that's the thing that stands out to me that we already we already have a decent idea how this could very well play out, and there's there's still three weekends left in the regular season. Yeah, if, say, like a Navy were to win the Patriot League tournament now that they've opened it up again, that would that would, that would would clearly that would um, take somebody's spot uh, yeah. because those other teams are getting in. And, and, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, Syracuse at 5-4, and four, if they have a losing record, that opens up a spot for somebody else. Sure. So does that spot go to, like, one of the CAA teams that – you know, they seem to be beating up on each other, or, or is it a, a third Patriot League team potentially, or is it you know somebody like maybe Villanova picks off a Lehigh uh, in two weekends, uh, and the next thing you know they've got something of a viable case to make. Uh, but right now, like I, I think I think if you're sitting there saying who were the at larges, it's the five ACC schools, uh, Denver or Georgetown out of the Big East, assuming one of them wins it. Lehigh or Army out of the Patriot League, assuming one of them wins it. And then, you know, really the kind of wild card, we were talking about the closed circuits a moment ago, you know, what has Rutgers really done at 7-2? Right. and two? They haven't right. beaten anybody with a winning record. You're kind of assuming that the, the regional advisory committee, the 10 coaches that, that report to the, selection, the NCAA lacrosse committee on a weekly basis, 
kind of say, you know, I know they haven't beaten anybody, but they're a legitimate top ten type of team. We don't necessarily know that that's right. how it's going to play out. Right. So, you know, the, 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 the Big Ten question, you know, how good is Rutgers? How good is Maryland? I mean, that's what we're talking about. Know, and it's, and, and, they, and they look great. I mean, like, they, you know, they couldn't possibly have looked better on Sunday night. But but I still don't know how good they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll say this. I, I, I think that even, even a 12-0 Maryland team is far from guaranteed of being the number one seed. Like, I, I think if either – whoever wins – the game tomorrow night between Notre Dame and Duke, if they go ahead and win their last game as well, I think that team's the number one seed in the tournament. Uh, it's a, I, you know, I get that. I compl- they've, they've beaten teams. They've, they've done things, whereas Maryland, as good as they've looked, and, you know, as, as many unbelievable Jared Bernhardt plays as I've seen, and, and God, that, that one goal late in the first half was just, it's like that Matt Moore goal I saw earlier in the season. I mean, what, what, what is that? how? How do well, you do? Well, you had you had that, but you also had him basically sort of materializing in the middle of the Ohio State defense, just kind of you yeah. know that off ball cut, yep. which was which was the the play that stood out to me. Like, uh, who pulls that off? Yep, yep, no doubt. I mean, it's it's and but again, as unbelievable as they look, it's just not. You, how do you prove how good they are? How how what stands up? as proof of how good they are. So I completely get what you're saying. All right, Patrick Stevens, I guess let's go ahead and do it, right? Let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name all of the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I'm going to go back a little ways. So for those that don't, the qualifications that we put out was that a player had to play five years beyond 1980 to include them on our list. So my five-team guy this week only qualifies by a couple of years. Okay. But I think I'm, I'm actually very confident in how you're going to do with this one. He was only an all-star once, but he three, time, three times finished in the top 25 of MT, MVP voting. He was Rookie of the Year in 1973. He's got a great nickname and a son who ended up playing for the Orioles one day. He is Gary Matthews Sr. Gary Matthews Sr., Sarge. Yep. Well, Sarge was a Philly. Of course. I believe he was a... San Francisco Giants. He most certainly was. And I think at the end he was a Cub. He was a Cub for four seasons, in fact. And so now I'm left with, with two pieces of the Sarge. Uh, there was, and this is, I, there was a four-season stop between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Okay. Um, it's a good question. Is that, I'm not a, was he in Atlanta? That's the one. That's why I thought you would do well with this. I thought that would be one that you'd come up with. And then you're just missing he made a cameo at the end of the 1987 season somewhere. The end of the 87 season. Uh, okay, so now i got to try to think of, like, should I be thinking of a contender from 87? Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you if they were a contender okay, in 87, Patrick. I, th- I, I think we can at least at that point eliminate both Baltimore and Seattle. Yes, from the no, definitely. So. Well, <laughs> wow, was he in Seattle? Though? Yeah, that was the stop. I have no idea why. I could not possibly tell you if maybe the Cubs just released him and he just picked like he he wanted to keep playing, and so that's who picked him up. But he finished the '87 season in Seattle. Okay, okay. Well, I Seattle. thought I was assuming that since Seattle was basically never good until '95, yeah, I that would have. I hear you. I don't know. I couldn't tell you if maybe they were, you know, slightly above 500 into July or something and thought they had. I couldn't tell you what the the story was. Well, because you did really well, um, I'll save. I had a Hall of Famer lined up for our four-team guy. I'll give you a different one instead. 
Okay. Um, this one, this guy was a five-time All-Star, a Rookie of the Year, and a Silver Slugger Award winner, and a man who ended up struggling uh, at what he needed to do as his career went on. Four teams for Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs. Well, we'll get the two easy ones. He was a Dodger and he was a Yankee. Most certainly sure. was. And so that leaves. And I admit, I admit that one of the spots is almost comical. He was there for about a week. So. Uh, was he in Texas? Not Texas. Okay. Um, and was he in Kansas City? No, but you're dating. Was he a White Sox? That's then? the one. That's the one you're thinking of. He was a White okay. Sox, and then he finished his career with a one-week cameo with the Oakland Athletics. Okay. Was the final stop for Steve Sachs. All right, sir, what's the plans for you this weekend? I'm uh, going to see Maryland and Hopkins. Um, it's kind of an interesting situation, Maryland 9-0. and uh, I'm not sure the last time that there has been this big a gap between these two programs. Um, Hopkins sitting at 2-7 and seven right now. No doubt. Uh, has lost, I think, five in a row. Um, you know, played a really good half against Maryland the first time around in College Park. Uh, but uh, this is... This is a, a chance for, for Maryland to complete the season sweep, complete the regular season sweep of everybody in the Big Ten, uh, and kind of keep itself in line for one of those top two or three seeds in the tournament. So uh, curious to see how, how Hopkins does in, in its home finale as well. And weirdly, I'm still not convinced that like this can't be a I, – I, and again, as good as Maryland's looked, this is still Maryland Hopkins that we're talking about. And I'm still – still Maryland Hopkins, uh, and, you know, it, it – it, at some point, right? Like, I mean, at some point, Hopkins is going to put together the good offense and the good defense. I I get that the defense is a little more questionable overall, uh, but the offense has played at least a little bit better. They hung around with Rutgers for about three quarters last weekend. I think they finished with 11, but I think they also had like nine or 10 by the end of the third quarter. Uh, so I, I don't think that they're, um, I don't think this is a surefire. 20 to 9 blowout or anything like that. But it's also perfectly po- possible that it gets that way. Sure. Given the, 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 the exactly what Maryland has been able to do all season. Remember, this is, a, this is a Maryland team that is yet to trail in the second half this season. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, that's really, I mean, but again, we, yet yeah, we still don't know, right? We just still don't know based on the competition. Uh, by the way, that one's on TV at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Before that, on TV at noon, Army Navy as well. And that uh, that looks like it could be pretty good after we yeah, saw. Yeah, there's, that, it's, it's, there's actually some decent options. The, you know, those two games. And let's not forget about Towson having climbed out of an early hole. Yeah, to get the great point. Great point. And you know, they have Delaware in on Saturday, a team that they took to overtime on the road earlier in the season. And, and I tell you what, like the way Towson's playing right now. I mean, what they did the other day to, to UMass, they were up I think nine to four at halftime. They basically just put UMass in a sleeper hole. There were only two goals scored in the entire second half. Uh, this, this is starting to feel like one of those Towson teams that's just going to go and give up like 12 goals in two games in the CAA tournament and walk away with an NCAA berth. Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine to find his coverage. Always appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, all right? Awesome. Take care, Glenn. Patrick Stevens joining us as he does every week here on GCR. 
Hour number one in the books. It's also been brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. When we come back in, Drew Forrester, drewsmorningdish.com. That's next. Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Ruling with Great Eights Memorabilia. I want to invite you out to Looney's Pub, Perry Hall, on Thursday, April 29th from 7 until 10 p.m. as we raise money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland. The NFL Draft Party is going to be hosted by Baltimore running back Gustav Bus Edwards. And this is a free, family-friendly event good for everyone to come to. Meet and greet tickets are on sale at missionticks.com or Great Eights Memorabilia. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. 
You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Radio GlennClarkRadio.com. In the hour number two of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, it is Glenn Clark Radio. If you missed it on Monday night, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley had a great chat with Mike Boddicker. You can go check it out right now by clicking on the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or by going to pressboxonline.com. And tonight, coming up at 7 o'clock, it's going to be Stan the Fan, Gary Stein, and Jim Ferry. So ironic, we had Ryan Odom on this morning. Jim Ferry, the new head coach at UMBC, is going to join uh, Stan and Gary Stein, who, of course, is the uh, play-by-play guy for UMBC. So that conversation, 7 o'clock, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And if you miss it, you'll be able to see it tomorrow at PressBoxOnline.com. As always, Stan Shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. By the way, getting a little bit of ass showing. Number two, uh, we'll get to Would You Rather Wednesday. The number two is coming up. But a little bit of ass showing this morning. Two of the people that I would expect it would be lined up for the most that are now admitting they have never seen Ted Lasso or our buddies, John and Little Rock and Nick Kelly, and you're both letting me down a great deal. You, you need to get on that immediately. Uh, you can tell me I don't have Apple Plus. I get it. I didn't have Apple Plus either. Once enough people told me I needed to see Ted Lasso, I made it happen to get Apple Plus. Now, in fairness, I also canceled Apple Plus. Um, I watched the Tom Hanks movie. I watched Ted Lasso, and then I said, I'm good. You know what I'm going to do this summer? I'm going to sign up for Apple Plus again so that I can watch the next season of Ted Lasso. That's the way it's going to go. It's kind of people told me the morning show was good, but I it never it never interested me in any way. All right, what's going on with him? Is he are we there? Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. What's up, pal? How are you? Been here. Been waiting for well, you. I, I never know. I don't know how this what do you think? What do you think? You're a star? Do you think you're Feinstein? I got to get right to you. <laughs> been, waiting, been waiting on hold. Not happy. <laughs> the rule was the rule is whenever you have Feinstein on, and we love him, but the rule is no more than thirty seconds. That's and his limit. Thirty is pushing it. Correct, correct. He doesn't want to wait thirty. Remember, but, remember, remember. Uh, you, you, you may have been hung over for this. You probably were. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> it was for most of them. We had a meeting downstairs one day, and the boss wanted to play radio, radio uh, expert, ah. and he said, he said, oh. Start Playing commercials during the interview. Correct. One hundred. This was an actual conversation that we had. He said, but "Cut the interview. Do if you got a guy for six minutes. Yep. Three minutes in, say we'll be right back. Yep. Take a commercial or two, and then come back to finish it up. And I remember you saying, "Well, yeah, there are some guests." That that wouldn't work. That's, that's not gonna. They're not gonna go for that. <laughs> Correct. Hey, we got Dion Sanders with us today. Dion, great to chat with you, buddy. Hey, I know you only have about ten minutes for us, man. Great to catch up with you, Dion. Right. Hey, Dion, we're gonna be right back. We're yeah, gonna just, take a break just, to talk, <laughs> talk about air duct cleaning, but we'll be right back. Can you hang out for a minute? Can you imagine? Could you imagine doing that to Dion? And, and I remember. Yeah. I remember you made a specific remark about Feinstein. I did. And, and said it in a in a nice way. You said. Well, look, like as an example, like we're not going to tell John Feinstein to hold on for two minutes while we play a, a car dealer commercial. He won't do and, it. <laughs> and and our boss's response was, I never liked that guy anyway. If he doesn't understand how we feed our families, we shouldn't have him on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> because that's who we are. We're so scary important that we can dictate to John right. Feinstein, hey, dude, you we're not paying you anything. Right. We're just... 
you're doing this. Because you like us. Correct. correct. That's really right. all it was, right? Is because right. we created a friendship. We created a right. friendship, and so he was willing to. John was always willing to come on the week of a major championship with Drew, which was which was very kind of him because those are pretty friggin' busy weeks for those right. types of guys. Um, but because of friendship and nothing else, he was willing to come on the week of every major championship with Drew. And we were told by the boss, well, if he's not willing to wait on hold for a couple of minutes so we can play some commercials, stop doing it. By the way, b- people would say regularly it was their favorite segment that we did was right. John Feinstein, the week of a major championship. We're here with Jim Nance. Hey, Jim, can you hold on? We want to play a commercial real quick about a pizza place in Dundalk. Uh, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Can you hold on, Jim? Yeah. We'll be right back. Just hang tight. Just stay right there. We'll be right back with you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Uh, hey, what? in just a couple of minutes, um, I know I know how much this man means to you. Uh, Kenny Cooper is going to join us. And, oh, wow. Um, and, and we're going to talk about the Super League thing because I wanted somebody – I want to talk about it with you, but I really did want somebody you know who was actually educated. No offense. Um, I percent agree with you. I haven't followed it at all. So we're going to bring Kenny Cooper on. Can you, before we do that, explain to everyone why Kenny Cooper means so much to you in your life? Well, you make the hair stand up on the back of my neck on that one. He's basically my second father. I mean, he he, he really kind of was my second father. He... Uh, he he believed in me. He promoted me. He um, he just he was like a second father. I mean, he taught me a lot. I mean, there's lots of coaching things that I use now in golf that I took I took from him. Um, he was a remarkable ambassador for Baltimore. He was an incredible um, ambassador for you know for the blast and for soccer. And if he got on a plane. I, I, this is by by no stretch am I making this up. Kenny Cooper got off an airplane this morning at BWI and walked through the terminal. Someone would say to him, hey, coach, how's the team doing this year? <laughs> like, there are still people who probably think he's the coach of the Black. Yeah, I mean, I and believe he's that. Gone, he's been gone for 20 years. Right. Like, a little grayer than he used to be and a little older, but people would still probably think, Oh, that's the coach of the blast. Right. He's, he's, I I would almost say, and I'd have to, I I would have to think this through, right? Like he is arguably the most synonymous person with an organization in town other than the obvious Brooks. Sure. Sure. Okay. Like when you say blast, the very first thing that comes to your mind is Kenny Cooper. That's a great point. And he, um, he's just, he was literally like a second father to me. Every every step of the way till he moved on and went to Tampa for a few years. But every step of the way, he supported me and endorsed me. And, um, you know, he's just awesome. His kid, I remember when Kenny Jr. was born. I remember watching Kenny Jr. play on the turf when he was five years old at the arena and thinking like, man, this kid's got something. In the same way that I see junior golfers now, some of which play for me and frankly others that don't that I wish did, but they go to other schools, but I watch them play when they're in seventh or eighth grade. And I say, this kid's going to wind up being something special in golf. You can kind of see it. You could see Kenny's kid was like that when he was like literally six or seven years old. Well, but but and, he didn't really, and, but he didn't really pan out to be much of anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Caranta, both of them, Santino Caranta sure. and Kenny are the same age. Sure. And um, you could see them playing together. I can close my eyes and still see them playing at Myers Pavilion. 
on a, like a Wednesday night, and Kenny and I would go down and watch them, and the, they they would both score six goals. Wow! Like, wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, well, they they both they both turned out all right. I mean, they right. both obviously Santino went through a couple things in his life, but you know, great guy and still very involved in the sport. And of course, Kenny uh, Cooper Jr. went on to play for Kenny the national team. Kenny never got. Kenny never got. Um, Kenny Jr. never got a fair shake at the national team level. Hmm. Hmm. Why Kenny is that? Never, Why Kenny is that? never got a fair shake. Well, I, I, you know, part of it would be that the coaching didn't mesh right for him. Uh, Kenny Sr. could probably talk more to this, but he'd be a little less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'd be a little less direct to me. The coaching, Bruce never really, it, it, it always looked to me like their style, Bruce Arena didn't like the style that best fitted Kenny Jr. Kenny was like a scrapper. Kenny was, um, in hockey, he would be like a Marchand kind of player. Like, okay, hovers around the goal, heads it in, knees it in, side foots it in. Like, Kenny just scored. It didn't really have to look aesthetically. <laughs> right, whatever and, you got to use. Yeah, and Bruce was a little more... Bruce really wanted it to look like soccer. Sure. Kind of didn't fit well with Kenny's style, but I thought Kenny never really got a fair shake with the national team. All right. Well, joining us, joining us now here on GCR, um, the man that Drew just described as a second father, um, Kenny Cooper, would you really, but you wouldn't describe Drew as like a second son. He's more like the, (laughs) he's more like the guy you had to put up with. Right. (laughs) He uh, he is a very special person in my life, oh. and uh, he was uh, behind the scenes one of the main reasons that we did as well as we did. He was very supportive. Um, he had great drive, desire, determination. Uh, great competitor, and, and and still is, and uh, did did so much for the game. And to see the success he's had, whether it's been a great amateur golfer or doing the radio or doing some. You know, websites, the whole thing. It's just uh, great to see people that have been an important part of your life, as Drew has been in my life. Drew, how much did you just pay? How much, honestly, admit how much you paid Kenny to say those things. All, about it's you. all Venmo. Hi, Coops. <laughs> hey, good morning. Good morning, Drew. How are you doing? Good, pal. Everything good? Yes, yes. I, uh, As you know, I turned 75 a couple of weeks ago, and it didn't dawn on me until. The kids put uh, these signs across the front of the house, which was embarrassing, but it was very nice. <laughs> and when I saw the 75th birthday, happy 75th birthday, coach, I thought, oh, my God, I actually am 75. And then your mind starts to wonder a little bit, and you say, in five years, I'll be 80. And I wonder if I'm still going to be able to work out and play some golf. But, hey, one day at a time, as you say, right? Absolutely. Well, coach, you just got fun telling Glenn how your son got – the shaft in the national team, but you don't have to comment on it, but I did for you. <laughs> yeah, I think and I, I did hear what you said. Uh, he accomplished uh, many goals, Kenny, a leading goal scorer, MVPs, Golden Boot Award winner, and one of the goals was to play for the U.S. national team. That was a dream, and, and, and that happened. Um, you, you described it very well because Kenny was a clinical finisher, and he knew, he knew how to score goals. And, I mean, he was around him when he was a kid, and every every week he'd get two, three goals. It was just a natural for him, and it was an instinct, a bit like a Wayne Gretzky in some ways. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, when he got selected, uh, it was against Denmark. And I just said to somebody, I said, he'll score, trust me, he'll score. And he didn't start the game. And he came on and he, he scored almost right away. They went on to win 3-1. And that uh, team was out on the West Coast. And then they sent him back. They didn't keep him for the next game. And it was a little bit like a, a, a yo-yo situation. And, um, you know, obviously Bruce Arena has been a tremendous coach and done well at every level. And at the end of the day, it's it's all about opinions and everybody has an opinion. You know, I, I still think Kenny's 36 now and I think he could play tomorrow. But, you know, that's me as a former coach and a, a father. But... Um, he, he played some ways, a little bit like Brian McBride. There used to be a comparison, if you remember, Drew. Uh, very much so. He looked, he looked like Brian McBride and very similar. You know, Brian, Brian would score goals. But um, I think he had six, six games, and it wasn't six full games, but had four goals in six games. And that tells you, again, that he just was a, an actual goal scorer. I think where he was unlucky is he... He got in the last 32, I think they qualified in, in Washington, uh, and he got in the last 32, and then the next cut goes down to 23 players for the World Cup, and he got injured, and that took him right out of it, right? I mean, injuries happen, uh, but who knows what, what could have happened. But again, as my wife says, Irene, she goes, you know, he had 12 years as a professional, and that's that's a pretty good career. Not bad. It's not bad. There's no doubt. A lot of guys would trade for that opportunity. Kenny yeah. Cooper, uh, we, 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 as I said to Drew, no offense to him, I wanted somebody who was actually intelligent and, uh, and educated <laughs> to talk about this. I, I think... You know, this story is is one of the most incredible sports stories of all time, that this Super League existed for all of, say, 48 hours. Um, yeah. And that it's the fans that killed it. And I I can't get over that. Like, that, that, that would never happen in this country. There's no world in which American professional sports teams would make a decision and then back off simply because of the fans. Can, can you explain how this happened, and, and why it was so overwhelmingly significant for European soccer fans. Well, um, I just talked to a former teammate of mine, Bobby Moffitt, and he's pretty well versed on it. And as I said to him, as long as I can remember, there's always been talk of a Super League years and years and years ago. And they were saying, you take you know Manchester United and Liverpool, who were dominant teams at the time, and you take Rangers out of Scotland and Celtic out of Scotland. Uh, and I think was, the fans in Scotland went crazy because he said, if you take Rangers and Celtic out of the Scottish League, we don't have a league, right? Because people live to see the rivalries. I mean, they, they really do. So some people, rather than see Real Madrid four times uh, a season, they want to see them a local derby. They want to see Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, Arsenal, you know, versus Chelsea. And I think it was the Chelsea fans that got together before the game last week. And uh, Abramovich was the one that said, look, I've never taken a penny out of this club, but I put a lot into it because I do this because I love the game and I love the fans. And the game is for the fans. The other thing that I've, I've seen and, and Drew has watched this, the, the salaries that's being paid to players today is in, in, incredible. You typically, in, in, in England, 
you have people that play with, and excuse the same, but I've always used the same, um, handguns, machine guns, and water pistols, right? <laughs> so you've got the big boys at the top, right? And then you've got, let's say, the top four. Then you've got people in the uh, six, seven, eight, right? And then you've got the lower, lower, lower ones, and, and those people... Can't, can't even compete with the ones at the top. They get the best players, right? And and uh, because they're getting big crowds, and I think if you look at um, the Real Madrid, the Juventus of the world, right? You know, the world powerhouses, PSG. But it, the game, for the most part, is kept alive by the fans. It's a way of life. I mean, Drew's been over to England. He went over there with a blast, and he saw the passion and the way fans are. And they live for it. It's the life. You know, a Saturday morning, a person's been working all week. He gets up. He goes to the pub. He has breakfast. He has a few pints. He stays there through lunchtime. He goes to the game, right? And then he goes back to the pub in the evening. It's just a way of life. Um, and and I remember going to watch Liverpool play at Anfield and. And uh, afterwards, uh, the pub was actually packed. And all he could talk about was this player, that player. The players are great personalities, big personalities. But I don't think, uh, I, I think yeah. inevitably something will happen. But I'm not sure it's for the best betterment of the game. Well, it would be like the NFL taking, uh, you know, the four, I mean, if you want to call them marquee franchises from the standpoint of like national recognition, the Steelers, the Cowboys, the, the Patriots, and I don't know, the Bears or the Packers. Yeah, yeah. And taking them out of the NFL and putting them into some new league where four teams from Germany came over. It, it, it's just, yeah. you know, they're it's it's one thing that they break off already and play in a variety of these tournaments in their season, which is already kind of distinctly odd. Um, yes, yes. It, it's odd to us. It's not odd to them. But, you know, they're, when we know when the Ravens play a game on a Sunday, they're playing against the Browns and it counts for one game in the standings. You could be playing a game on a Wednesday night in England and has nothing at all to do with the English Premier League. And to us, that's weird. But to them, it's just kind of the way they've always. It's just soccer. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, Well, I think if you look back through, uh, and Glenn, didn't the National Hockey League only have six teams at one time, yeah, and they were all time. big, yep. big yep. right? And then, fortunately, we developed into a, a, a great league. But a thing that was pointed out to me also is that, and again, with all due respect to to America. Um, is you've got a lot of American owners now in soccer, right? In in a lot of different countries, particularly England. And, you know, in my day, the clubs were, as Bill Shankly used to say, it's for the people, right? There's a statue of Bill Shankly outside Liverpool. He was a great manager at Liverpool and won European Cups. He's got his hands in the air and he says, Bill Shankly for the people, Right. And the, that's what the average person wants. You know, they don't want the one. They're not interested. 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 They're not
Let's see if we can't get Kenny's phone fixed up there. It uh, ran into a bad patch there. I apologize. Kenny Cooper with us here on GCR. Um, uh, Drew, you know what's fascinating to me is like the significance of relegation in all of this. Like It really seems like fans hate the idea of there being no penalty for a team not succeeding. You know, I, it's weird because I always liked the idea of it, right? Yeah. I, I, it gave the top three teams in the one division something to play for. It meant that, you know, you had to keep your act together if you're one of the teams in the upper division or you were going to go down the next year. I've always liked it. I I thought, uh, obviously, there's no competitive comparison in baseball, per se. But if every year the bottom four teams from baseball got dropped down to triple A and the top four teams came up, that would be kind of cool. It's it's the reason why when Lester won whatever it was five years ago. Yeah. It's the reason why that story resonated with American sports fans. It would have been like the Durham Bulls coming up and winning the World Series. Co- Coach is back with us. Coach Kenny Cooper with us here on GCR. Coach, can, can you can yeah. you can you flush that out for me more? It really seemed like the fan response to a lot of this had to do with the idea of creating something where there would be no relegation, where there would be no penalty, and it's something that we just have no association with in American sports, but. But how significant do you think that was in in fans getting so worked up? The idea that there would be a league in which there would be no relegation, there would be no, you know, yeah. like you were, your yeah. spot was just guaranteed. Yeah, I, I, I think that's well said. Um, you know, every game's kind of like a matter of life or death. Again, excuse me for saying that, but so that's just the way the fans are now. If you take, say, a, a Manchester United, years and years and years ago, they they was relegated. It, it was unheard of. I mean, absolutely, and they was a big time club. But they got back very, very quickly, and, and and I think part of that is they put part of the club up for sale, and they brought in stockholders, shareholders who invested in the club. The next thing you know, they're getting the top players, and they got back to the uh, the the Premier League. Um, I think there was a conversation drew over here, where some people said, "Well, the MLS needs you know promotion and relegation," and I think that would absolutely kill the league, right? I mean, uh, it's been a tough journey, as we all know, for soccer for many many years, and thank God the MLS has done a fantastic job with the league. But um, can you imagine if all of a sudden uh, uh, New England? You know, a relegated to Division Two, and and it's there's a ton of money lost from sponsorship, from TV revenue. In a team, in fact, I think that when a team gets relegated from the Premier League to the Championship, right? I think it, they lose 90 million pounds, right? But they subsidise that club for I think two, three years max. But um, that, that's that's a ton of money. So the game has changed so much from when I was brought up with a game, and I'm around the game still, not like I used to be. But Drew will remember this, Glenn, and you may remember this, that in Baltimore um, came up with the idea of playing some international games. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was very close to a member of the Football League, a guy called Andy Williamson, and I called him up and he said, you know what, we're looking at something else uh, for the fans. Uh, 
And uh, so I went over and put together a program, and it was called Guinness Soccer Six. And they uh, they had it in Birmingham, and it was really, really well attended. And then from that, um, Drew and I put a plan together to actually go and play. Uh, we played Aston Villa in Birmingham and uh, sold the game out. We went to Manchester, right? Played in Manchester Arena against Oldham Athletic. Uh, we went to Sheffield Arena, a brand new arena. And uh, we, we talk in heavy conversation about, and I presented this to Earl Foreman. I said, look, why don't we have, think about having a league, right? Um, you could have the East Coast teams go over to England. It's no different going from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know, similar amount of time. And the owners, some owners were for it. Uh, the majority owners weren't uh, because they, you know, they were losing money. But it, it could have happened. And um, Earl Foreman uh, had said to me and Ed Hale, and Ed Hale was a, a big proponent, let's look at this. Now, every time we went over, we, we did get a fee. We negotiated a fee for the club to go over, right? And uh, we had some sponsors who um, would, would sponsor the team to go over. But it was, it was way, way too soon for that. But, you know, I guess in, in my mind at the time, you could have called that a Super League for the indoor. Hmm. And I think it, it, it may have had a shot based on what we did, what Drew and I saw happen. Right, and the interest of level from the fans is over there. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a very very de- debatable situation. Like I said, years and years ago they talked about Super League, and it and it never happened. And after this, I don't think it's going to happen now. I, I don't think. I don't know so. how it could. No I think, idea. I think. I, would you agree? I've said this for a long time, and it might even be in our lifetime. I think you're going to find colleges wind up doing this very same thing. Sure. I, I think sometime, I'll just say in 15 years, there will be 12 schools that play against one another in college, or 11 or 12 or 13 that play against one another every year, absent their conference. You'll get I agree Alabama, with that. Yep. Auburn, Michigan. Yep. Um, Ohio State, Clemson. Yep. 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 All going to get out of their conference, and they're just going to create this gonna... massive twenty-four school super college conference, and they're just going to take all the money. Yep, I I I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do think that's coming. I I think he's right. And, and coach, uh, as we get Coach Kenny Cooper back in here, Coach, we're gonna, we're going to let you run, but we you know we really appreciate you taking the time for us. I guess give me a quick update. You you know you mentioned turning seventy-five. How you doing? What are you up to? You're sitting back and enjoying life now. Well, my day is different, okay? I, uh, I get up early in the morning, I get on the computer to try to keep up with what's going on around the world, right? Which is, you know, it's a full-time job today. Um, I, I maybe spend four or five hours on my computer. I typically go to a little place called the Fish Shack. It reminds me of Baltimore, right? And uh, I have a little bit of light lunch. I get some golf balls, and then uh, I come home and uh, uh, take a nap, <laughs> and then uh, do the same thing the next day. And my wife says to me, are, are you not bored? I said, I've worked my tail off all my life. I am away from being bored, you know. But, uh, no, life is good. The kids are growing up. We've got six grandkids now. And it's, it's nice to stay in contact with the, 
Baltimore, it's a special place in my heart, as Drew knows. You know, the people there are like Liverpool fans, they're like the salt of the earth. And I've got great friendships there, and of course, Drew is one of them. And uh, so we, we, we stay in contact. I don't get up there as much as I'd like to do. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully that is going to change, right, where I'd like to spend a lot more time up there because it's a, a, a good place to live. My son's, Kenny's, Kenny's uh, retired, but he's doing like a soccer academy down here. Joe, my son, is works for an English company in Brooklyn, and uh, and my uh, my daughter's an executive, and my other daughter is a school teacher. So all the kids are doing good. My wife is still the same beautiful Irene, and uh, by the grace of God, we've got six precious grandchildren, which is wonderful, which uh, is just a great feeling. It's awesome. That, uh, but I thank you for your time. I did, I did yesterday. I, I know it was Jim Pollahan got inducted. Yeah. Paul Kitson, Paul yep. Crossley, and Ed very graciously asked me to do a take. I saw that video. Uh, That's cool. I, I, yeah, I did a video for them. And uh, J- Jim, as Drew can tell you, just a great, wonderful guy, very de- dedicated, great player, great assistant coach, and a very, very good uh, head coach. But again, Jim's retired now, so... But it's nice to talk about the memories and reminisce. And I thank you for taking the time to let me, you know, get reunited a little bit with Baltimore and also Drew. Coach, it was great to chat with you. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's talk again soon, all right? Anytime. Anytime. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Len. Bye-bye. Coach Kenny Cooper with us here on GCR. Um, Drew, I really do. I, I I think the relegation part of this is fascinating, right? Like we, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up here in a second because I'm gonna have you play along with Would You Rather Wednesday. Well, the Lions wouldn't be in the NFL. Well, that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> they would be out. Do, do you think this? How big of a deal is what's unfolded in the last three days to you in the world? Like I, I get it. We don't really care because well, it's I, happening on the other think, side of the planet. But right, no, no. I I think what's the most interesting part of it, and you touched on it. I think the most interesting part is. The outrage, and I I don't, boy, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound terrible. The fans in Baltimore have been outraged with the Orioles for two decades. Mm -hmm. But, and and, and I think, and I will say this, I I think to me, and this is just my opinion, you may feel differently. You and I don't talk about the Orioles all that much. You might feel differently. I feel like the last three or four years have somewhat come as a result of the apathy they've felt and seen. Um, I, I feel like people stopped going to the games, and at first they they kind of said, yeah, you'll, you people will come back, don't worry. And then I think eventually they figured out, like, yeah, they will come back, but we kind of owe it to them to get this fixed. And I think Elias has done a good job. And I, okay. you know, they're, they're, whatever they're going to finish this year, I think they're on the verge of some sort of rebirth and it might take another two or three years. I think it will, but but yeah. But these fans in England, this is my whole point. These fans in England erupted on Saturday and on Tuesday, these teams said, Oh, we've heard you loud and clear. Yep. And that's what makes this incredible to me. I mean, I I agree. Like, I don't think like, and, and far be it from us to feel bad about the fans of the Browns. The, the Browns have been one they have been a, a moribund franchise there for two decades yep. with a smidgen one playoff berth here, one playoff berth there. They've been a joke. And what they've done to their fans is unreal, right? It took four days for our uh, Chelsea to go. We heard you. Yeah. 
Yeah, we screwed I, up. I think it's really an interesting story. I think it's, and that's what fascinates. It really is the fan aspect of this that's fascinating to me. And it, and like, it's cool to see that people's voice, you know, your voice can matter, and that it's not just that the rich guy is going to win out because that's the way the world works, right? Like we always. There's this big guy, little guy thing that we always want to get behind. The idea that the little guys won this here, time. Here, right, but here's the thing, too, that's interesting about English soccer in particular, and I'm just going to focus on that, not the other European teams. I want you to imagine for a second that you took the NFL, the Major League Baseball, and the NBA, and you took those 90 teams, and you made them all into football teams. Okay. So now, the, so now there's 90 teams right. playing the, in the NFL between Baltimore and Boston. Okay? That's, okay. A, that's the size of England. Oh, that's a great point. Okay, I, I get what you're saying okay. now. Yeah, right? Now, now you take those 90 teams yeah. and you put them in that geographic box. Right. And that's what those people, that's their life. Correct. There. And that, oh. I, and I did appreciate. I think that is the and 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 Kenny was talking about that. Like this this is everything. This right. is so. So in other words, Dundalk, Dundalk could have a team in the NFL, and so too could Catonsville. Correct. Correct. And imagine that, right? Right. Imagine. So what? And this is this is why somebody said to me yesterday, "Why would they pull out?" Here's why they pulled out. Again, I'm going to bring up the Orioles just because it's they're they're. I, I could even I'll, I'll even shift off the Orioles and I'll say the Ravens. If the the Ravens can get all the TV money they want, but you know this because of how close you've been to the Ravens, you know this. You know what the Ravens really covet more than the 200 million dollars of TV money they get. You know what the Ravens covet, and Kevin Burns has said this on the record. When they showed up in Baltimore in 1996, do you know what Kevin Byrne said? We want to be the Orioles. Okay. We want to be orange yeah. shirts everywhere yep. and birds and hats. And Kevin has said on the record a number of times how insanely jealous they were of the Orioles. Sure. So imagine if tomorrow the Ravens made some sort of decision. And the entire fan base erupted and said, I'm burning my Lamar Jackson jersey. I'm not coming to the games anymore. I'm not putting the bird out on my yard. I'm not painting the bird out on my company's steps. Yep. So I'm not, I'm disowning you. Yep. The Ravens would still get their $200 million. Yep. But that, that as a, as a community sort of cosmetic look would crush them. It it would, it would, but I don't know that whatever it was that led to that would necessarily change. I, I but, but Chelsea, but that's so right. when you say why would Chelsea do this? That's why Chelsea would do it, right? Because if the people that if the thirty thousand people that wear Chelsea jerseys and drink the beer that Chelsea sells at the stadium and 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 go to the pubs, Chelsea is Dundalk. And if the and if Chelsea, if the neighborhood around Chelsea got shut down because no one came to the games, the, the whole city would shut down. I mean, it's a great point. It's a great that's point. That's what's different yeah. about yeah. like the Chelsea owners realize that that like 
if these people boycott this franchise, the entire city will get shut down. It's over. That's a great point. That's a really, really good point. There's 12 bars there that their livelihood. My friend who owned the who bought the Wharf Rat specifically bought the Wharf Rat because of the baseball stadium and the yep. convention center. Yep. It's right there. Without that, the restaurant was dead. Correct. Correct. All right, uh, it's Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Of course, it's celebrating the 25th anniversary. I'm going to give you, because it relates to this topic, Drew, I'm going to give you number three and get your yes. response. Yes, the answer is yes. Uh, hang on, think through this. Number three, <laughs> it's, it's relevant to what we're just discussing. To try to end tanking, Major League Baseball's got a radical idea. Okay. Not really, this is me suggesting it. They're going to divorce themselves of AAA. And make all AAA teams independent teams. Okay. They'll bring back all of the minor league teams they cut a year ago. All 40 of those teams will come back to keep the minor league structure intact in Major League Baseball. But 40 teams now exist as independent professional teams to compete. And they will introduce relegation moving forward. Or no, there's just no way that's a good idea or works here. Well, I think it's an awesome idea. I mean, the problem is the cities, where would the 40 teams be? I mean, they would be, look, Indianapolis is a pretty big city. Okay. That is a AAA. So, yeah. That's why so it's, I, I said AAA. Charlotte, Indiana, I mean, these are big cities for but the most what part. What do you do about the, and I, I've been to the, store, the stadium in Durham. What do you do about the 12,000-seat stadium? You yeah, just go play I, there? I'm, I mean, that's what they do in, in England, right? When one of these, totally, with these totally less. Agree. These lesser teams makes it into the Premier League. They get to host the matches at their kind of podunk community stadium. Well, the Blue Jays are playing in Dunedin right now. They are. They're playing in Dunedin. They played in Buffalo a year ago. But I mean, like, I, I think it's a great idea. And I think it would, I think it, it, you know, I just think it's a great idea. And I think it does give some credence to the little guy having a magical kind of year. And like you saw with Lester when they won, um, I think it's a cool idea. And, and uh, I, I think the bigger deal is... You and I make a lot of trips to Birmingham one of these days. When the Orioles so the, they don't retain the rights of the players on AAA anymore? How does that work? They, they would retain the rights to their player. They would get a certain number of players they can keep in their organization, right? And then everybody else becomes available for AAA teams to start trying to sign them. And it would there would obviously be a structure problem. The AAA teams wouldn't have as much money as the Major League teams were would. So the, the AAA teams would not be signing nearly as good players. But they would get the right to try to go win that league to get into the major leagues, and then maybe they'd have money. To, they, they would create the opportunity. They could build a bigger stadium. Mm -hmm. They could work their way right. into being a major league. They, they, and it might also say that if you got, if you went from, if you went up, up a division, you know, you might get a $20 million payoff. Yeah, something like that, you right. refurbish your stadium. Or right, something. something that would introduce oh, relegation. Idea. To me, I, the, the benefit is, like, you're, we're trying to find a million different ways to end tanking, right? We're trying to say, well, hey, let's not give the bad teams the early draft picks anymore. We're trying to find a million different ways to end tanking. This ends tanking immediately. There's no more tanking the moment that you introduce the possibility of relegation. It's over. You are not doing anything that that signs you up for the idea that you're going to have to go play in, as you just mentioned, Drew, in Birmingham next season. You're not doing that. You need to protect that money and that revenue. Tanking is over the moment you do something like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think baseball has become I, – I don't follow the NBA enough to know. So, I, But I think baseball has become the worst of them all when it comes to – 
there's no difference between winning 60 games or 76 games. And they've uh, well, the you're, you're way better off winning or only winning 60. <laughs> like right. that's the I, right. I always argue against that because I don't think anything good comes from losing. But I certainly understand that there is a significant difference between the first round, you, the, the kid you pick at one. There might not be a big deal. The Witt kid may wind up being a great player, and so might sure. Rushman. Sure. But I can tell you that the kid that they picked at number 13 that year, he ain't going to be as good as Rutschman. Not likely. Not likely right. to be the case. I mean, no doubt. Right. No doubt. So I, I think anything you can do to get teams to stop losing on purpose, I, I think it's a good idea. Right. And so I, I, I don't disagree that this might be a good idea. But anything that keeps these teams from just saying, oh, what the hell, we're still going to charge a major league prices but they got to come watch us lose 9 to 1 51 times a year that's no good what else is going on in your world not a whole lot just um i wrote today about this player impact program on the PGA tour which is really interesting because it's it's the first time they've ever publicly told us what we already knew and that is that a handful of players drive the tour and yet they don't get compensated fairly for that based on the fact that you can actually play in the tournament and not get paid because you, you can miss them. Right. I mean, you still get your own so, sponsor money and all that type of, right. like, you, you, still... you, you know, the, the, and this people say it's the tiger rule, but it really is more like the Ricky Fowler rule. If you want to, if you want to take one player right now, Ricky Fowler is an enormously popular right, player. A brand, yeah. That's the word. Yep. He's an enormous, enormously popular brand. And by the way, despite what people think, it, it, it is good for the game. And there is nothing wrong with it. And he has done a great job. And he is a, an ambassador for the sport. And kids love him. And there is nothing at all negative about Ricky Fowler except yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't win yeah. commensurate with the brand. Right, but he, he but he's enormously popular. But this isn't and, this isn't boxing. This isn't where like they're propping him up and 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 forcing him into the final round of a major championship. No, like no, no, no. he's still got to go earn it. It's... But right, but but what's happened is Ricky Fowler builds this brand, and you're starting to see it over the last two years because he hasn't won. Ricky Fowler goes into these cities. He goes to Detroit and t- tees it up. Yeah. The crowd last year was 46,000 for four days. This year it's 106,000. The TV ratings go way up. Um, his insurance company that sponsors him spends a lot of money on the broadcast. Ricky shoots 74, 73, doesn't play on the weekend, and gets nothing for it. And that's his argument and his agent's argument. And it's been the argument of the players uh, for a long time. I, right. It's fascinating. I mean, that's, that's right. fascinating. And it's, Tiger, it's been Tiger's quiet argument. Tiger's never publicly voiced it because he, he had a billion until he gave his ex-wife half of it. Right. But, but quietly, it's always been Tiger's argument. I made the tour, and Brooks Kepka's playing this week for $1.4 million because of me. Well, that's there there this the, the kind of the comparison you made was the Super League. It's sort of the Super League argument, and, right? By the way, we, we want to try I it. wouldn't I wouldn't be at all shocked if down the road people like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson didn't come up and create a similar argument on their part. Then on Monday Night Football, 
The only reason you're putting Kansas City and 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 right is because the quarterbacks, on, yeah, because of you, Lamar and Mahomes. But they're getting they are Already getting significantly more money than the rest of the players on the team. They are they are kind of that's <laughs> correct. Yeah. But but they're also generating an enormous amount I, of wealth. I, I hear you. I hear you. And what people have argued you should separate the quarterback position from the salary cap altogether and sort of have an uncapped amount of money. And by the way, this is sort of the argument that goes on in college sports, and it is worth it is worth listening to, and that is when you start divvying out money. Are you, why would you give, and I'm, I hate to use this, but I will, why would you give the college volleyball player two grand and the college quarterback who draws 90,000 people two grand? No, but that's why people love name, image, likeness. That's why that's the right answer, right. And, and we're not supporting it being that we're saying you, you go get it on your own. What you're worth, you go get. Right. And then, and then we go from there. And But the, but the quarterback is going to say – Forget the name, image, like, like, uh, likeness thing. The quarterback's going to say they, they should get more of the NFL's. The code. backup right. safety is going to get a four thousand dollars stipend, and I am too. Yeah, I mean, the, but but that's not. I mean, that's a really. By the way, by the way, four grand in Alabama is for a week. Correct. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, we'll we'll talk. We'll have plenty of time. Go read about that at DrewsMorningDish.com, at It's a Hooded Four on Twitter. At, we still need to go shopping, you and I. Um. Uh, uh. Tell me. Give me your schedule. Maybe I don't know if you need to wait till golf season's over or whatever. No, I can do it ne- we could do it next week. I, I. I really need. I'm. I had someone come in yesterday. I really need household items like laundry detergent. Right. Um. And and hygiene items. All right. Well, we've got we got 250 bucks from listeners. I'm gonna throw in 50 more. We got 300 bucks. You and I'll go spend it next week buying whatever okay. it is. You just tell me what day. We're gonna go buy all this stuff. Um. To help you guys out. All right. Oh. All right, Drew. We'll talk to you next okay. week, bud. Thank you. Right. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. Um, our, our, our resident soccer guys chiming in this morning. Brian Powell, the outrage was also fueled because American owners were behind it. The Glazers, um, FSG, and some others did this without realizing the fans would hate it, and tradition is a big part of pro soccer. I, Yes, I don't know if it was anti-American sentiment specifically, but... I think it definitely correlates to the idea of you're trying to introduce right. American concepts into, some, that, into yeah. something that you don't, you have no concept of how this works for us. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that it had something to do with it. I don't think it's just we hate Americans. I don't think it was as simple as that. Uh, John from Little Rock, would U.S. fans take to the streets and force the clubs to concede if Major League Baseball or NFL teams would leave and try to form a Super League? I'm not sure the U.S. fan lives and dies with their club like in England or around the world. And I agree. I, I do. I agree that. I agree. I don't think this would happen in the States, ever, ever. There's no comparable. Like, there's no relative. I mean, there, it's no not as if. There's no league on, on par with the leagues that are operated in America. It's sports. not as if teams haven't changed their mind about decisions based on the reaction of, sure. of the general public. But something this For example, sweeping wouldn't be possible. Let, let's remember, the Baltimore Ravens were going to keep Ray Rice on the football team mm-hmm. until the moment we all saw that video and everybody reacted a certain way, right? Like, he was going to be on the team until that moment. And then they said, ooh, read the room. Mm-hmm. But that's a different thing. That's one player, and 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 they weren't going to be over it. It was going to be so detrimental to them to keep that player at that point that it was easy for them to make that well, decision. The player was, I don't know, I don't know if, would it have been no matter if Ray Rice was in his prime or not? They would have still had to cut him. You think? I think they would. They would have been forced to no matter what. I mean, it just would have been. It would have been pure, pure.
pure hell for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, nobody else picked them up, you know, mm-hmm. the whole deal. I think the point being, it, it's one thing to do it over one player when you just sign another player and you keep going. It's another thing when we're talking about something that was going to get... Th- all of these teams were going to make a significant amount of money doing this. And the point that they were trying to make is it is so much more enticing for an international viewing audience for Man U to be playing Real Madrid on a Wednesday than it is for Man U to be playing FS Moscow, whatever. I don't even remember what the teams are. That's correct. And so we're guaranteeing every match having more international dollars attached to it and being more anticipated because the brands involved are so much more significant than FC Porto or other teams that make the Champions League. The Columbus Crew. They don't make the, the not that not this chain. They make the internet the whatever they call it, the FIFA. What what is the local? There's a there is a an American North American Champions Conca League. Calf. Yes, it is the Concacaf Champions League. Is actually Pay what it's me called. My yeah, money. It's the Concacaf Champions League. So there was a lot of money to be made. And they realized how much damage they had done, and they said, whoa, okay, sorry. And, probably, and they were doing just fine before in their current model. That They probably had plenty of money as is. They were doing – They were. I mean, the, 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 the notion that they were trying to sell the idea that so- this will not work and soccer is going to die. Shut up. You guys are paying an awful lot of money right now God as sakes. is. I would imagine if you were unable to, you wouldn't be. No doubt. Um, your response to would you rather number three? Oh, by the way, today's show from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance, your workers' compensation insurance specialist. We'll get back to it. I just gave number three when we were talking to Drew, so I want to follow up on it. Settle down, chief. Getting out of order. Jeez. Um, Still got Richard Blyer to come. Still got a lot to do. Yeah, can we do a tidbit and stuff before that? Why? I might have to head out like 12.05-ish. Maybe you tell me that before the show. I hear you. Um, I can talk about it until tall 10. But uh, number three, I'd say... It's hard to wrap my mind around, right? Like, it's such a foreign concept in American sports that introducing it in an equitable way can't feel equitable. I don't know. It's hard. What, what does it mean? It I understand it, what, that it, in, in, in itself, said? relegation is to promote equity and have yes, teams. Yes, that's the having, concept. You have to try. But it just feels weird. I don't know. It's Why does that feel weird? I mean, it's not, we don't do it here, but the concept is not hard to grasp. You have to try, because if you don't, you're not going to be here anymore. You still get the play. You'll still build it, be in a league next yeah, year I competing, it. but it ain't going to be against the Yankees. You're not going to get that guaranteed revenue of Yankees fans wait, coming down to the stadium. Can we wait a few years? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be something they would do next season. Okay. As long as that's the case. Sure, why not? Let's have some fun with it. Okay. Weirdo. Nick Kelly, I know this puts the O's at risk, but I'm in. It will make the end-of-season games for lower-ranking teams more relevant and exciting. Paul from Lando, the idea of relegation and promotion being brought into the U.S. sports is very intriguing. Would definitely eliminate any tanking for draft picks. Let's do it. Brian Powell, bring promotion and relegation to MLB. KZ, I don't think this is an issue. Relegation is the depth to many MLB market. Is I think you meant death. Relegation is the death to many MLB markets. That's that's why you have to try, KZ. That's the point, to try to avoid it. I get you, you're saying, well, somebody's going to get relegated. Correct. By the way, last year it would have been the um, the Red Sox, right? They would have been relegated. Would have been fun. How delicious would that have been? How much more interest would the there be? Pick. What's that? They, they got pick? four. Yeah, I think they did. Well, I think we would be saying something like four teams would end up getting relegated, and then you know, the bottom three though is Premier League. 
They do three. They do three. Yes, they do do three. Uh, John from Little Rock. Yes, yes, yes. MLB with their minor leagues is the only American sports league where that relegation is possible. No more tanking and would literally make every game mean something. Ian, uh, promotion relegation would make baseball way more interesting. Every smaller mid-sized city across the country would have their own team rather than having to find the nearest major league team, which might be hundreds of miles away. Also, the 2019 Orioles had no business being in the major leagues. Uh, Lou, this is not a problem that needs to be fixed, in my opinion. Uh, John Proctor, not a problem that needs to be fixed. From a tanking perspective, the game needs a real salary cap more than they need promotion or relegation. Continue to get me responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and we will continue talking about it throughout the course of the morning. Hour number two of today's program has also been brought to you by Window Nation. Act now, beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window, bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90Nation or windownation.com. We'll come back in. Um, Got a little bit more of Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Still got Richard Blyer to come before we wrap things up for a Wednesday edition of the program. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over so we need to continue to be vigilant do the right things including wearing our masks and if we're gonna wear them why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players home team masks available right now pressboxonline.com masks we got a purple and orange state flag neck gator for you as well as the celebrate 8 mvp neck gator and an over the ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks baseball is back in full in 2021 and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell hi i'm paul valley and you can catch me along with my co-host zach goodman every saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at press box sports we'll break down every win every loss and everything in between plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to baltimore catch us at pressboxonline.com slash the bat around or at facebook.com slash press box sports that's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box Sports. 
It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, a couple of newsy things that we haven't talked about this morning. Uh, one, some good news that was reported last night. Uh, Heston Kerstad has been cleared and is going to be able to re- report to the alternate site. Um, Battled with myocarditis. Which is just, just terrifying. terrifying yeah. Absolutely, 100% terrifying. And one of the things that we've been worried about um, in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but uh, Jim Callis reported last night that uh, he has been cleared and he is reporting today to the alternate site in Bowie will be a while still before he'll be able to play baseball again. Um, just the nature of what he's been through. And the first concern is that he's okay. Obviously, from there, a lot invested in a number two overall pick. Um, let's not let's not put the cart before the horse. A human being is the most important thing for the Orioles in the midst of a rebuild. A number two overall pick is pretty significant. Um, so the hope is that once he does, he is able to get back to baseball he can still be the player that they expected him to be. So that's one. Uh, number two, Masson reports two to four weeks for Anthony Santander uh, that he will be out. And the Eagles are not committing to Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback, which leaves the door open that it could be Joe Flacco that could be their starting quarterback. Or, you know, maybe they draft another quarterback. Who knows? But um, their new head coach, Nick Sirianni, would not commit to Jalen Hurts being the starter. Um, can Tidbit save for tomorrow? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. All right. We'll save tidbit for tomorrow. I mean, if we did it. Right. Corbin, Corbin Burns is really damn good. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Look forward to that. Uh, tidbit would have been brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all. Pressboxonline.com. John Means on the cover. Means to an end. It's about him. It's about Chris Holt. Great story from Luke Jackson. Pick it up today. Uh, let's quickly knock out the final one for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Uh, Apple announced the new season of Ted Lasso for this July. Would you rather they delay it two months to rework the season to include the life and the death of the Super League? Or, no, I cannot wait even a day longer. I could wait, right? It's not about being able unable to wait. It's about what I think would be the best route for the show. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be best suited, and a warning to anybody, spoiler alert, from the first season. Mm-hmm. I think they'd be best suited letting the story arc play out the way it currently is with relegation mm-hmm. being the current 
arc for yes. season two. Yes. And then in season three, the Super League concept becomes uh, front and center. It's not like we're going to care about the Super League by that point. I hear you. Like, I think we'll be so far removed from it by that point. Well, that we if won't. you're talking about trying to capitalize on a topical nature of something, this isn't the show that needs to. So I mean, I don't I think it that... needs to, but I think it. W- I think it could be done really well, and the Super League is ripe for comedy at the moment. That it seems like it's a perfect marriage. I hear you. Just don't know where. I don't know how, in their current standing and having just been relegated, I understand what you're saying. How they would be the ones to deliver the message emphatically, what? for it to mean the same, right? Like, wouldn't it be the ones about? who are in the Premier League currently? It, ones that have just been relegated. You understand that, that 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 you're not there forever. I'm you're, aware. The idea is that you would be just as pissed off about the Super League as everybody else would be. I hear you. Everybody's pissed off about the Super League. That people would be like, dude, what do you care? You're just got that, relegated. The notion that that is relevant in any way sort of speaks to how little you know about this. Maybe they they don't. You're not suddenly not part of it anymore. I'm not saying you're not part of it. I'm not. I understand. There's a league series B. That there's like drop offs. You go down to the no one. Right. But like. That I didn't see any quotes from any relegated coaches or teams. Yesterday how many of about those things were you League. looking for? They weren't circulating. Kyle, how many quotes? Tell name me the coaches you saw quotes from. My point. Name being, any of them. Well, there were plenty of people. Talking. Name them. Uh, Mourinho. Mourinho's not a coach anymore. He just got fired by time. Yes, I know. There was the guy uh, Jurgen Klopp, the the Liverpool head coach. Uh huh. Saw him talk about it. Uh huh. I don't understand why you're getting... I'm just saying, does anybody care about what any of the teams... Yes! They are just as relevant, if not, in a way, more. Because they're part of the story of... Because this is dumb from you. This is showing your ignorance to the subject without acknowledging your ignorance to the subject. You're trying to make it seem like it's relevant that a team was relegated and whether they would have an opinion about the Super League or not. It's just as relevant. In fact, the relegation part of it is a significant part of what matters here. That relegation is part of why they don't want there to be a Super League. You want teams to pay for not being good. You want them to be promoted when they are good. It's the perfect storyline. I, I, I have no idea what you're coming up with where them being relegated somehow makes them no longer part of this story in some reason. That's insane and only speaks to your lack of knowledge about the subject. I will say calmer than you are great i can say that okay but also, you got that and a nickel and you got a nickel i mean ultimately i feel the way i feel well that i don't care if your answer is the other thing i just care the ignorance is the part that i care about you can still have the opinion i know that, that you don't, don't need the season to push back. off the face of the earth i'm not suggesting that relegated teams have no significance whatsoever i understand that the, the teams and the markets that they play in they're just as important as they were before but i don't i can't tell you who those relegated teams are, because I am ignorant. Yes. But I don't know that I don't know that you every... You just end it there. You could just say I am ignorant and leave it there. My God, man. Um, somewhat split, this one. Uh, Paul from Orlando. Yes, please delay to include the three days of the Super League. The meltdown in England and Europe over this would be worthy of at least one episode. Uh, Brian Powell, no release it as is. I want to forget the Super League ever existed uh kz you should wait it would be even better now uh lou delay it for two months rework the season in order to get it right uh john proctor uh the super league was so short-lived it could be added without a reshoot what the john you're you're cheating holy crap of all people 
I'm telling you, you gotta wait two John's months. John's above this. I would like to have. He participates every of all the things that I can I knock John for. Every week, and I no, you screw it. it up. You screw it up every week. John Proctor, of all people, actually plays along with the game every week, and now decided this of all the things. And he knows people that get relegated don't matter. I mean, I have just no idea how your brain functions. Like that, you're just so confident in something you know so little about. It's remarkable to me to be that confident about it. Instead of just saying, hey, I have no idea what I'm talking about and I'm talking out of my ass. Which is something that we all would be so far better off doing. We would be so much better if we could just start the sentence by saying, I don't know about this. I'm talking out of my ass. It would be like somebody asking me what I thought about the masters. The first thing I'm going to say is, I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. It worked. What? I got you angry. Okay, if that was the point. <laughs> yes, talking out of your ass and not just acknowledging it will always get me angry. We'll always be angry when we try to talk about something. This is the sole purpose no of the John comment. Of what? Of me saying, John understands. I, mean, I didn't make any sense, but what I said made no sense. Didn't even apply to what we were talking oh, about. Sake, it just made you rile up. Just, God, whatever. Let's move on. Tubular. Tubular is brought to you today. I have no idea what just happened here. Tubular brought to you by Mobile One. I played Mobile, you like a fiddle, Glenn. If you say so. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Orioles in the afternoon today, 1 o'clock. Bruce Zimmerman and Trevor Rogers. It's on Masson 2. If you happen to live in Philadelphia or been in San Francisco, good news. You get it on MLB Network as well because MLB Network, everybody else gets Giants Phillies at 1 o'clock. Twins Athletics at 4. Masson's got Cardinals Nationals at 4. ESPN Braves Yankees at 6.30. Uh, Maryland in the Big Ten field hockey tournament. Never missed that against Iowa, 2.30 on Big Ten Network. Um, Steph Curry's in D.C. tonight, taking on the Wizards, 7 o'clock on NBC Sports Washington. I'll be watching Sun Sixers. Oh, no, I've got a game tonight. Damn it. Damn it. Sun Sixers, 7 o'clock on NBA TV. Grizzlies Clippers at 10. NBCSN, Aston Villa, Man City at 3. Do any of them care about? Remind me how They're still works. in the main league, oh, okay. so yeah, people still care about what they have to say. Predators, Blackhawks at 7, Sharks, Golden Knights at 9.30, CBS Sports Network, Portland Thorns, and OL Reign at 10 o'clock, TNT, AEW Dynamite at 8. Uh, just some uh, one or two highlights non-sports-wise. Ooh, Snowfall tonight, 10 o'clock, FX. George Bush and Maroon 5, package deal on Kimmel. Mm. Uh, stuff and things. What is James Cameron promoting? I don't know if he's on Fallon. Something called an Emmanuel Caplet. It's a fun name to say. That's why I said it. Uh, everything else, check it out at glennclarkradio.com. All right. Uh, very good. Tubular was also brought to you today by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Um, a quick reminder that we will be at... Looney's Perry Hall next Thursday night for night one of the draft. Grade 8's memorabilia, Meals on Wheels, Central Maryland, and Gus Edwards are all throwing a draft party. And myself, KZ, Jeremy Kahn will be bringing you a round one coverage of our Project Game Day draft special that night from Looney's Perry Hall. Look forward to seeing there. And if you want to meet, get your autograph, get your picture with Gus Edwards, then you can go right now to Great Eights Memorabilia, greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's with the number eight or to Mission Ticks to get your tickets right now for that event. And you get the meet and greet with the picture and the autograph. You save $8 by using the code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N -N, in all caps. Save eight bucks by using that code when you get your tickets 
for the meet and greet with Gus Edwards next Thursday night. Looking forward to being there. Again, Great Eights memorabilia. That's the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com. Thanks today to uh, Drew Forrester, to Kenny Cooper. Thanks to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Coach Ryan Odom and to Richard Blyer, who you're about to hear from. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Andrew Steck is going to sit in on tomorrow's show. Uh, Ruben Hippolyte, Maryland linebacker, is going to join us ahead of their spring game on Saturday. And incoming Maryland basketball transfer Ian Martinez is going to join us tomorrow as well. And, of course, stuff, stuff and things, things as always. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, Great Eights Memorabilia, your local Toyota dealers, buyatoyota.com. Thanks for something to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Ottenheimer. Follow us they at Clark Radio. I might do that. Um, oh, you know what? I don't think I ever said anything about the wonderful people at KNS Automotive this morning. Love them. KNS Automotive, 410-235-6660-KNSimports.com. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's hear from Richard Blyer, Marlins pitcher, former Oriole. Had to tape it um, because, I don't know, he's playing baseball. Weird bit where they're like, we got to get, get ready for a game. It's a whole thing. Uh, but uh, he's a great dude, and we got the opportunity to catch up with him. We listen to that as we wrap up. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Well, the Orioles and Marlins in the middle of this very short series this week it gave us an opportunity to catch up with an old friend, someone who's now with the Marlins, of course, a former Oriole. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Richard Blyer, who joins us now on GCR. Richard, it's Glenn and Kyle up in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. It's great to catch up with you. Have you been able to have, like, the moment yet now with, like, able to get the fans, the family, like, all your friends at a game yet to come see you, the moment you were kind of robbed of when you got back there last year? I think that it's it's still tough because, um, you know, I've had – my family has come, which is great. Um, You know, my – I don't think my parents have never seen an opening day, so that was cool for them to, That's cool. to catch that. Um, and it, it's just been really nice being at home and being around family. So, you know, it's tough to be away for six, seven months um, throughout the year. So it, it is that, that aspect has been been enjoyable so far is there anything about it that's like overrated in any way is there anything about going back home that you're like you know what man this this part of it i didn't think about it actually i kind of don't mind being away from home at all Um, there is something to say about going to somewhere and and just dealing with work and only work and you know baseball um (laughs) you know where it's not you're it's just my whole career you know minor leagues and major leagues it's been okay, home is home, and then it's time to go play baseball. Uh, so now that I'm home, I'm still home and playing, so it's been an adjustment. I don't say it's a bad thing. Right. It's just a different thing. Wait, wait, okay, it's a you, different thing to get used to. You haven't had a moment yet where, like, you know, something's happening at – you're at the game, and there's somebody that's there at the game, and, like, you have to deal with it, and it's in any way distracting whatsoever. No, okay. no, I, I make sure, yeah, that, you know, everybody who comes to the games knows they're on their own once they're there. Right, You know, I, I'm, it, this game is way too hard to be right. dealing with outside trying influences. To, someone to try to scream at you from, like, left field, like, hey, Richard, that's, I mean, right. that, which would be my, which would be my parents for sure, and, and they're not letting us through, they're not letting us on the field, so, you know. 
They know. It's, I've been at this long enough to know that that, uh, that that they're on their own. Oh man, that's so great. Well, you know, we're happy for you, obviously. And and you know, I remember talking to you after the trade happened last year, and and the Marlins. It was such a surprise getting to experience that again in a in a strange circumstance where you weren't really able to celebrate it with anybody. But like, how cool <laughs> was it? to experience that playing meaningful baseball a year ago, um, again, even in such bizarre circumstances. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the first time I've ever been in the playoffs. And really, you know, early, you know, my first year in 17, we were kind of competitive with the Orioles, but never really had enough. And we were kind of just a 500 team there. Um, So it wasn't really like I've experienced competitive September baseball where every game really counted for something. So um, I think that last year it was a ton of fun and it's, it's a different kind of game where, uh, you know, inevitably you, you, when you're in those, those teams, you just can't help but play for yourself. And it's, a, it's unfortunate to say out loud, but you, you know, if your team is losing a hundred games, you've got to have some kind of motivation. And, sure. Uh, you're, you're, you're out there just doing it for, next year or whatever you're doing it for and then and then all of a sudden I came to the Marlins and it's uh you know wow we're we're playing to win and it doesn't really matter how you do as long as you help the team win and if you don't do well you you know we need you to do well next game and it's and it's not just I need to do well for myself because it doesn't really matter we're not really we're not making the playoffs it's I need to do well for this team because we're we're going somewhere and everybody's counting on me. No, I, I, uh, so that was a great that was a great feeling. I appreciate what you're saying, right? Like it, it you know, it, it makes everything kind of ramp up a little bit more, right? Did, yeah. did you were you able to feel that without having the atmosphere, without having thousands of people screaming? And it did it still feel as big just because of what you're talking about when you were out on the mound. I absolutely, you know, we knew exactly what we were playing for, and every single person in the clubhouse felt the same exact way and it was it was a great experience and I you know I think that I can only imagine playing a playoff game at Wrigley um with fans uh you know I don't it might it might have been a different game honestly (laughs) but it was you know even without fans it's just you know it's it's major league playoff baseball it's the reason why we play the game yeah so you know that that never got lost in in my you know in my eyesight and uh with that being said, it was, you know, we had one goal the entire time and, and we came up short of it, but nonetheless, it was an incredible experience uh, along the way. He is Richard Blyer. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio as the Orioles and Marlins play the second game of their quick series this afternoon. Um, R- Richard, a couple of things I wanted to address with you. One, a, a guy that we only kind of briefly got to know in the Orioles system that ended up down there with you guys in Miami, Zach Pop. Have you been able to like get to know him at all and 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 what kind of pitcher he's going to be now that he's at the major league level. Yeah, we so we crossed paths. I think I did a rehab assignment in 2019 when he was in Double A and I I I remembered him immediately when the Marlins got him because it his his ability and his just his pitches and his pure stuff like really stood out in my mind um as electric and and then I know, and then he got hurt, and that kind of set him back. And then obviously COVID, he missed you know almost two years, two full years yep. of playing. Um, but but he showed up at camp, and he looked he looked really good for you know especially for a guy who hasn't pitched in a couple of years, you could imagine. Um, and uh, and then he's he's had some you know it, 
pitching in the big leagues is hard. Pitching in the big leagues and and putting pressure on yourself to perform in the big leagues is a lot harder. And I don't know if he's doing that. I just think inevitably everybody does, and and that you have to, you know, until you can finally relax and and kind of just get in a groove. It it's just it's very challenging in the beginning, you know, for everyone. And some guys do well immediately. Nonetheless, it's still challenging. And I think that he you know, nerves and just pressure. Uh, he just put too much, you know, he just didn't pitch the way he knows he can. Sure. And he kind of, it kind of showed in the results, but last game he struck out the side, you know, where I feel like he's, he has that kind of ability. And I think it's just a matter of getting to that spot where he knows he does. Um, but yeah, it's great to see it, I'm happy for him. Uh, it's a great experience for him to pitch in the big leagues. Um, I, I think he has a great chance to be successful for a long time. He's got the stuff. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, you know, and he's got, and he's got the opportunity. So that's, cool. that's kind of those two situations really equal, uh, long-term success. You know, you were obviously, I, I, John Means and what he's been able to do, he just came off a, a seven-inning shutout of a performance against the Rangers the other day. And I know it was a tough start to the year for him last year. Um, maybe you're the curse because he started pitching really well right after you got traded. <laughs> Richard Blyer, I don't know what that's all about. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, how how much did you realize? Like, it's It's one of these stories that really is so cool to me about baseball is that he just was – nobody thought he was this guy. Nobody thought – he was top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher, and yet we see him absolutely dominate at this level. How cool was it for you to watch that, and, and did you have a sense for how good John Means was going to end up being? I mean, I saw him in spring, um, you know, his rookie year there, and and I know he got to the big leagues the year before a little bit, and I was hurt, so I didn't see him in the big leagues. Like, I didn't, I wasn't there when he was in the big leagues. So I guess 19, he was in spring – um, you know, and like did okay or whatever, but it's hard to really look into spring training results, good or bad, honestly, because it, it you see guys have really good springs and don't do well in the season no or doubt. vice versa. Yep. But, but I think what, what really, you know, he made a team as a long reliever um, and, you know, and, and kind of like the, the last guy in the bullpen or one of the last guys in the bullpen, I think. And, and he came in to mop up a game against, the Yankees at one point and had like a thousand swing and misses on his changeup. It was just incredible. It was like all of it, it went from, he went from nobody to John means. I feel like in that one game where it was, where I, it was like, he just went through this lineup and he put a guy on the DL, with his changeup. you know, and it, it, I mean, it, it was incredible to see. And I think from then on, he's only gotten better and better where he pitched with his changeup a lot and was really successful. And then, you know, as the league adjusted to the, to his pitch, he, he got ahead of it and developed his breaking balls much more and made his fastball better. And, and now he's, he's really the complete pitcher and it shows in the results. And no, he's no a doubt. great guy and I'm really happy for him and his results. And I'm glad we're missing him. Uh, this <laughs> so, you know, it all works out. Yeah, you know, no. I could root for him and right. against other people, right. but you know, he's handled it really well where, uh, I just, I just, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, when he, you know he was going so well, and he would he would, he, he just would you could just tell he had no idea what he was doing. I don't think it sunk until like a lot later where that you know the All Star game and the, and all that. And it's like I think it's nice to see that where where people aren't just this blind confidence and cockiness and and 
haven't done anything and he did so much and then he you know you could tell like he, he i don't think he quite realized how good he was and what he was doing uh for a while man that's really cool the way you're describing it is really cool dude like you know i've never thought about that it's really cool what a story yeah. he is I mean, and obviously we love his wife too i mean like she's all i mean they're just great people they're great people yeah yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you about this before I let you go, Richard. The, um, the I'm, I'm sure you've heard about the double hook proposal that Major League Baseball is going to go with in the Atlantic League this season, where you know a team would pull whenever they pull their starting pitcher, they lose their DH as well. Now you're in the NL, right? So now you see right. how this works. Have you had to swing a bat at all? Like, have you? No. Had to swing? Okay. All right. I've made it very clear that if there's ever a situation where they feel like I need a hit we're in big trouble. Right. Okay. So this is so. the this is the issue I have with this. There's no there's no world where it's a good thing for there to ever have to be a scenario where a reliever ends up having to swing a bat, right? Right. I I think that I, I assume what they're trying to do is maybe keep the starter in the game longer. It's the concept, right? Artificially and, force that. And also and also you have to manage your bullpen and your substitution still so it's kind of like the best of both worlds where your starters are not going five innings because they're hitting you know they're you have to take them out to pinch hit and you're taxing the bullpen but then once you get to the bullpen you can still you know there's still some coaching involved and you can't just go uh you know run guys out there or whatever you know you're you're one inning guys or or you have to mix and match and play with the lineup a little bit i me personally i you know i don't i'm not speaking for anyone but myself i think it's just too much i don't i don't you know a lot of things look good on paper and don't really translate to whatever they're trying to accomplish right um you know i think that starters aren't going to go deep into the games anyways uh like there's rarely a time like there's you know if a guy's going well they'll figure it out they'll, they'll send him back out there they they've been doing it i've seen it now where uh they're sending guys to hit in the sixth and seventh inning if they have good games going um and uh, it's just – I think it's more of the fact that they don't want starters to face the lineup three times, and that's why they're pulling them in the fifth rather than, you know, them hitting or whatever. But, uh, it, you know, it, it there's too many things. I, I, I like baseball the way it is and the way it was, and I know a lot of people don't agree with that, or some people don't. And I, I'm older and I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> I, I think that – I like the DH – I don't want to hit. I don't want to watch pitchers hit. That's the uh, that's the thing. That I, why do fun. I want to watch somebody hit that can't hit? What what part of that? I I want to see. I want to see you guys do what you do really yeah. well against I the mean, guys that do the other thing really well. You know, if I wasn't a pitcher, I probably would have been done playing baseball <laughs> in high school. So you know, it's uh. With that being said, it's hard for to see me try to compete against a guy throwing a hundred, doing multiple different things. I'm, okay, um, but that's just my opinion. I, you know, I don't, you know, people, the purists like the DH, and the, and then there's like what three hit pitchers that can hit, and those are always the examples brought up of, you know, yeah, how well, cool is it? Yeah, hit, sure, that's fine. What right. about the rest of the guys that go up there and don't swing? You <laughs> right, know? they're just flailing. So you have second and third. You have second and third. One out. You walk the eight hole strike out the pitcher you know the and then and then it's the innings over okay so the season the season comes down to your season comes down to you're you're at the plate facing jacob Degrom, and you have to get a bunt down to move a runner over or the the season is ending does the is the marlin season saved it there will be an effort 
<laughs> I do not think it will be. Ex- I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Bunting. I don't even know. I haven't bunted in, in since 2015. Um, when I in when I, in the minor leagues, I had to hit, and it, that didn't go very. I didn't go great, at least. But um, <laughs> you know, to my defense, you know, how many hitters are getting bunts down? Exactly. Oh, uh, I, I, that's, so, a that's a great you point. That's a great point. You picked a you picked a good pitcher for me to bail out against. So it, you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah nobody's yeah, accomplishing yeah. anything against Degrom right now. That's right, a very good know. point. Like literally, nothing is being accomplished a bit you against could, that you dude. Could go it's... with like if I had to get a bunt down against myself, um, would I be able to? And I still don't know if I would. <laughs> Richard man. It is great to catch up with you, bro. I know uh, you are on Instagram, correct? At Richard Blyer. Give give Rich a follow there. And, of course, you managed to stay off Twitter, and bless you for that. I am so jealous. I'm so jealous of that. Um, Hey, man. Yeah. 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 Twitter, Instagram is just pictures, so it's fine. I, I can limit what I have to say. Twitter. You just get into trouble for Dude, it's a cesspool. It's such a cesspool, man. Just stay away for as long as you can. Um, yeah, I think, think we're good there. We are we are rooting for you at all times other than this afternoon. All right. Like, <laughs> Thanks. That, I appreciate it. That's the way it goes. Hey man, congratulations on everything. Thank you as always for taking the time for us. It's great to catch no up problem. with you, dude. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.